two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step back on the cold. Problems. Mm. Tell us the fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, the CO double MON synonym for fresh truth is the emblem. Do I look like a MAGA? A MAGA Chud? Do I look do I give that vibe off because I swear to God, this is like the third time this has happened this year where like I try and be polite and like this guy comes over to me, he's like older Italian guy and he starts fucking talking sports with me and I'm like, okay, that's fine, you know, and I've seen this guy a couple times and we're talking about the World Series and he goes, yeah, but the big game's tomorrow. Big game, baby. Big game tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because like no football on a fucking Tuesday. Nick's playing tonight. He goes, we got to stop these fucking socialists. They're going to destroy this fucking country. And I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Here's the thing, though, Q, is I don't think it's that you look like a MAGA chud. It's that I think these people are, like, literally fishing with dynamite. They're just trying to find somebody. Yeah. And you're probably one of, like, 15 people that he had already tried that with. Like, we went to the deli. No dice there. Went to the gas station. Couldn't find anyone to talk to. You know, maybe went to the gym and you were the third person that he has spoken with. And everybody else is like, nah, man, I'm here to get pumped. I'm not here to just talk about like uh, yeah. pizza game. I, I would say like seven out of ten people probably just ignore that guy or fucking tell him to go fucking kick rocks. You know, I would agree with that number. I think that's fair. Well, it was also because like, you know. I, I, I really like I, I'm not going to be the guy who's going to like get into a fucking political argument um, at the gym like it's not going to happen so I I just kind of nodded and went yeah yeah you know that's how it goes like I just like I literally threw out every cliche possible like yeah tough times you know yeah, what are you going to do man <laughs> <laughs> like literally pulling all of them out of the arsenal when just the trying going to like gets- tough you know what they say and he's like yeah the fucking socialists and i'm it's like it's not over till it's you finish that what is that i, I really wanted to Come ask on. him until it's over i really wanted to ask him what do you think so what is socialism to you and he would have been like fucking you know nancy pelosi <laughs> and um yeah the, I don't know by the way is. the most like anti-socialist person that that's exactly my point yeah it's like you couldn't you couldn't have named a more capitalist person in your life so. right mm. yeah insider nancy literally a person who i think oh, is sometimes worse you would never want to be is insider nancy insider nancy. <laughs> not ideal <laughs> oh. i don't know man i don't know how paul does it with a oh yeah. Yeah. wait what <laughs> we're speaking about paul pelosi right not Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could be talking about both, but I, I don't think I don't think that would be the case for both. I think Paul's afraid of planes. 
our friend Paul, not Paul Pelosi. Paul's afraid of pretty much anything that moves. He's he's proven this time and time again. Um, now I have nothing to follow with that evidence. I have nothing, no other proof there, but yeah, he doesn't uh, listen. He doesn't listen to this podcast, so we could just talk shit anyhow. Good. Do you guys do do people normally speak with you at the gym? Do they normally try to talk with you at the gym? Yeah, all the time. It, you specifically? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you no, notice no. these people also trying to talk to other people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then they talk to a lot of people. But like, the you just the thing have a is, weird friendly gym. Because I I do the fucking polite nod thing, like, because like you know they they're they're obviously fishing for people to talk to, and I'm just like. You know, do the little nod thing, and then like, and then I see them, their mouths moving, and like, I have to take my fucking earbuds out, and I'm like, sorry, what? But it's always, it's always the older Italian guys that like see me lifting weights, and they're like, "You're fucking strong, bro." And I'm like, oh god, go away, go away. Yeah, I didn't come here for fucking friends. And that... like, he, and like this guy today, twenty minutes was talking to me about like socialism and like. Democrats, illegal aliens. Is is he one of those guys? Is he one of like the dozen guys that like to hang out in front of like a Seven Eleven with like a dozen different assorted flags and signs that say like you know vaccines are are a lie pushed on us by? No, he you know, he kept it. CDC he kept it. And... I think he's an economic uh, conservative. Because it was, it was it was a lot about like no one wants to work anymore, hard work. And I'm like, just... and I'm like my brother in Christ. It's Monday <laughs> at like noon, and you're at the gym. Yep. See, Get back to work. See here, Tommy. Here's your problem. Living off though. government entitlements. Fucking old piece of shit. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> here's the thing though, is that when he was talking with you, you should have just pulled a coaster, a second mouse podcast poster. <laughs> coaster out of your pocket and just gave it to him and be like be the second mouse (laughs) no i mean what i'm anti-communist the early bird pro pro lee zeldin podcast listen to us i mean what i would gets the worm but the second mouse gets the cheese he knows all about the early bird because you know if the sizzler was still open he'd be there at 4 30 just get him confessing that he would he would commit crimes against people if his side didn't win i i and, so and badly that's dude that's it I just so, get he that. said the democrats he's like the democrats they ignore all this crime that goes on and i want to be like again my brother in christ you guys like stormed a, a government building and killed people <laughs> like i feel like we're missing some things here like i'm not telling you that we're innocent of everything here but like perspective is a hell of a drug so <laughs> My man's, my guy. The side effect of perspective is consciousness and awareness, and those are things we know they're lacking. So, and he's my my man is dealing with some cognitive dissonance right now about like all of these things, and maybe he, he, maybe the, read a book. Well, it was the a hell of a transition. He believes everything he's ever read on the internet, and that's. That's where it begins. I'm starting to think that he like sits down and goes, how am I going to transition this? And he goes, ah, he came up with a brilliant one the other day. He was like, this is the same person. Oh, this yeah. This person yeah, yeah. finds you. He's like oh, a every time, defender, dude, huh? every time you have to switch up your schedule. Kira. You <sighs> I'm trying. 
I went at different times. No, I went once in the evening. He was there. Oh, I think God. he just lives there. He's I think the he I think he just lives there. No, um, he, he found a hell of a transition because he was like, we were talking about baseball. And it was like a decent conversation about baseball. And then he was like, this fucking Gabe Kapler. This is how he talks, by the way. It was fucking Gabe Kapler. Oh, no. Kneeling during the anthem. Like he's fucking Colin Kaepernick. Fucking disrespectful. I got people in the military in my family. And I'm like, can, yeah, so do can I. Can I ask you to describe <laughs> him for me? Because this guy actually sounds like a guy that goes to the other gyms he might. that I've, I go to. I think, I think he has, like, I think he figured out like a cloning machine and he just spreads Republican propaganda. We describe all him. the planet fitness. Uh, probably about five, seven still got, he's like in his sixties. Um, he's got a, uh, kind of like a, like a, like it looks like an old Italian dude who like was out in the sun way too long. So like every old life. Italian guy. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, most of the guys on, on Long Island. <laughs> he, he always has the, those like copper, like, you know, those things that people do for blood flow. When oh yeah. Like the compression sleeve yeah skinny dude like you know pretty good shape for a guy his age uh so i'll give him credit for that is he always wearing those like track pants with like the adidas stripes on the side yep yep hat no no hat oh there's a dude just like him that um haunts me at any of the planet fitnesses i so so it happens to you too then well it happens to me as well tom you you have a very like they look. They look at you and go, "Oh, look at this nice white boy here." Well, they probably go hear talk your to him and already judge the shit out of you. <laughs> Here's the thing, though: is They're that like my... go thurs and you don't know how to respond. So my 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 experience is a little bit different in the sense that the person that says hello to me, like I'm upstairs, like either on the treadmill or the elliptical, and this guy walks up the stairs and says hello to me, whether I'm making eye contact with him or not. Ugh. And like, I remember a couple weeks ago, the treadmills are in the front row and I was two rows back on the elliptical machine. He gets off of the treadmill, turns around, waves at me and says like, you have a good day, man. Take care. I'm like, motherfucker, I don't know who you are. Like, I get it. The sentiment is lovely. Like, have a great day. But there's been other times too, where he's like whispering it to me, walking past. And I'm like, do do we know each other? I, I it always starts that way, though. It always starts with like general, like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" And it's like, you know, I don't want to be a fucking rude asshole, so it's like, but I feel like I have to start being I, that way. I mean, I think, I think what we're talking about is probably like these are one of the few places they get like social interaction, probably, and they're working out their social interaction muscle as well as their regular muscles, and. um they're just looking. For, they're lonely people looking to talk to anybody who will listen. So they got a lot of opinions about a lot of things in case the topic ever comes up, and they want to talk to you about it because they've been planning all day to talk to somebody about it, but they have no one to talk to. But it's always maga shit, though, which is funny because it's like it's yes, always because... stuff that no one wants to talk about in public. I mean, I'm no I'm no psychologist, but. Like from a psychological perspective, you're a dude with like limited social interaction, social status. You feel like a big, strong man, like espousing fucking conservative rhetoric. That's... And you got to blast your politics nut off as soon as you get to the gym. Yeah, it's an overcompensation thing. 
there's a, a dude. There's a dude who literally walks around with a hat that says "fuck Joe Biden," and I'm like, "Go talk to him. He's like your core audience." But no, it's like <laughs> it's me because they're both afraid of being found out. The thing is, really though, are. Q, is that you are what we call an independent thinker and voter. <laughs> That's right. And, I do my own and, research. And Tom. you right now are being cultivated by both the left and the right. Hey guys, oh, I dude. saw this amazing documentary the other night. I wanted to share it with you. Oh wait, look, Kyrie Irving shared the same documentary. How do you like that? <laughs> dude, do yourself a favor, go and dye your hair purple. They'll never talk to you again. Gato, what fucking hair do you see? All right, so then next time, just be like when he says hey man, be like those those are my pronouns and you'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Because he'll lose his mind. He'll probably try to kill you. And then he won't be allowed back. Oh, the sweet release of death. Well, if this is a plan of fitness, he'll only be like, they'll, they'll ring the lunk alarm once while he was like <laughs> dead on the ground. And like, sir, he's bleeding out. Really not supposed to kill people in here. So, sir, sir, sir we don't judge people. So please refrain from murdering people and go. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm new here. That's that's <laughs> what you got to do. You just got to start espousing your beliefs and just point to the sign that says this is a judgment-free zone. So that if he even tries to say up, oh, up, oh, he goes. Oh, they, oh. they say the fucking Republicans are going to take your social security away. They never do that. They never did that. Social security. They're, they're giving it to the illegals. And I was like, oh god. It's the worst kind of illegal. It is the worst kind of conservatism. You go, am I just like, oh, dude, get away from me, please? Just gurge in that Fox News fucking man. When he's not not watching Fox News, you know what he's doing? He's papering up his windows with the New York Post. But here's (laughs) the thing, guys. But here's the thing. And this is this is the thing that's gonna piss us the fuck off. That dude, that dude votes fucking hard. Oh you know, yeah, he doesn't gonna... vote fucking hard. The people he approaches yeah. about their political. <laughs> yeah, no. My man is like vout- voting all the way down to like local dog catcher. Like that guy's voted three like times. hard Republican. Like QAnon is real. Michael Flynn is a real person. Um, Donald Trump is actually 195 <sighs> pounds and he's cut. I see. <laughs> And he's eight inches, uncut, fucking yep. thick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yoked all the time. He just wears the just, fat suit to throw people off. Just fucking giving it to Melania. Yeah, you know he's just seven. fucking hammering it all She day. just can't get enough. That, that, that's why you don't see much of her when she was in the White she's House. She's too busy getting fucked. Yeah, no, that's it. She's Gotta just be. icing down her coochie for the next time. Dude, I, I, I honestly, yeah, I just said that. Yeah, yeah, we, we all did. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I wanted, I so badly this almost just wanted to go, like, <laughs> I so badly just wanted to go trust the plan, brother, and see what he does. No, no, no this is where you quote, he would have pulled up his shirt. House. He would have been like, we're in a fucking wire. <laughs> you will fucking knock. He would have pulled his shirt up and he would have had where we go one we go all on it yeah. with like <laughs> Donald Trump with a machine gun flying an eagle with a bazooka on his shoulder. Uh, did you ever see the old Alex Jones? Soros and Hillary. He, he, would have, he has the old photo of jacked Alex Jones tattooed on him. 
Yep. For anybody who's never seen that, Google jacked Alex Jones. When he was younger, he was yoked. It's crazy. So much. And then it's all that bone broth, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have loved I would have loved for Alex Jones and Ron Sanctimonious to have <laughs> met when they were in fucking high school. What a weak fucking nickname. <laughs> I was waiting for it, man. I was like, yes, give me the fucking yes. Give me. He'll have a new one. Okay, and like one. Ron Sanctimonious. To be fair to Boo. Donald Trump, I don't think he was coming in with his best material. I don't think it's fair for you to judge him like that. You and what? this is a safe space. He's, yeah. He's trying to be mean and supportive at the same time. It's a very hard Ron Sanctimonious. A very hard like scale to balance. Not very nice to me. And very, very mean. He's been saying a lot of things about supporting me and my people. It's uh, it's pretty incredible how he's just doing this. He's like, you know, you guys know Kevin James is right. Yes. So, I like Kevin James fine. You know, King and Queens, good show. He does stand up for once in a while. I actually saw. I went to see him when I was younger, and. I recently saw a stand-up thing he did, and it's almost the same material. It's all Literally, bestiality jokes, right? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> bestiality, um, you know, QAnon, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they usually intertwine together. Pretty much. So, but, like, it's the same material. It's, like, very few things, but it's, like, it's like he's doing the, the hits. And I feel like that's what Trump is doing right now. He's just, like, getting up on stage. Crooked Hillary. You know, just warming up. Yeah, it's it's all crooked Hillary and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, like it's 2022, man. You got to get some new material. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's the stuff that that's six and a half that years, won so. him. That's the stuff that won him an election. He doesn't want to talk about the stuff that lost him an election. But like, it, who does who does he pick as his VP that's going to move the needle? I got options for you. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard being one. That scares me. That she. Scares me. Um, has a very interesting past, and I'm pretty sure she was involved with like some form of a cult at one point. It's uh, her her dad is a was a very prominent conservative in Hawaii, and was they're very anti LGBT and all that stuff. And then she disavowed all that stuff. They were talking about her as a Bernie running mate in 2016 if he had beaten Hillary, and ever since she's become anti-vax like she's just leaning very hard into the uh which makes me think that she was never actually like a democrat at all opportunist yeah very much so wherever the wind's blowing at this point she's She's very politically fluid so are are we kind of all set on the idea that it's going to be a woman yeah it has to be it has to be because all of the bros on the republican side are people that everyone hates like do you really want Ted Cruz. I don't think Trump would want Ted. Little Marco. Lil Marco. Todd Co- or Tom Cotton, who's no. a fucking boob. and he's boring. What about old ass Newt Greenwich? He's Greenwich. Like, no, Greenwich. not gonna move the. Ne- it's not gonna move the needle. He needs <laughs> so to where to where in twenty sixteen he needed somebody to validate his conservatism, right? He needed Mike Pence because a lot of people in the Republican Party were scared of Trump. And like he's not a conservative, he's a he's a fucking liberal. Now he needs somebody who moves him more towards the center. 
So like a Mike Pence is not going to work now. A Newt Gingrich is not going to work. He needs Tulsi Gabbard. That would make me nervous. No, two New York, two New York Republicans. I don't think does it. Is Trump a New York Republican or is he like Florida to the bone now? Technically, he's Florida now. He's technically Florida now, but he's a New Yorker through and through. I don't think anyone sees him as a New Yorker, though, because New York. Back in 2016, there was a big narrative about him being a New York Republican. And Ted Ted Cruz, like, alluded to, like, Jews when he said, like, New York Republican. Yeah. And everyone picked up on it. And he's like, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean that. Exactly what you meant, Ted. Cancel. Sure. Um, yeah, no. So I think a woman of color makes a lot of sense. What's the other one? Um, Nikki, Nikki Haley. Nikki, Haley. but I don't. That's but I don't think she's she's too conservative. I think they want. She's real conservative. I think they want Tulsi <laughs> Not, because she's also she, fucking nobody too. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah, no, very, well, didn't light, she? Lightweight. Wasn't she an ambassador under Trump's? She was uh, the ambassador to the UN. She was a South Carolina governor, but no she's also been a fucking nobody since then. No and she cares. was only the UN ambassador for like two years. So yeah, but like keeping keeping it like her her quiet and kind of like. Oh, know. I got people for you. I got people for you. Joni Ernst from Iowa. That's not bad. Uh, the lady from South Dakota. I'm gonna be so mad if a fucking oh like, um, shut for his campaign hears this and goes, brilliant. The, the the oh yeah, the one with um, oh, what's her fucking name? I can't remember it. Is it like Rome or something like Rome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. From where was it again? South Dakota. South Dakota. Uh, Christy Nome. Yep. Yeah. So. I, I don't I, I think he wants a woman of color though because it's gonna be very easy it's it's gonna be a talking point that he's gonna try and divide right he's trying to divide us and he's gonna be like I've got a woman of color as my VP he's I mean, a former Democrat I'm uniting the country like like that's gonna be the narrative I'm uniting the country mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what, that's, what, that's gonna be the talking bro you know what the thing is though it's like it's not it's not for minorities to give him approval it's for it's for getting like white people to they, be like, my care. vote is more PC now. They love, they love. They'll be like, look, so I'm much. not a racist. I'm not a racist. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Like, uh, how could I whole, be? Ra- I'm voting so, for Tulsi Gabbard. How could I be racist? Exactly, exactly. That's that's the thing that comes out of it. It's sad that you're basically you're you're basically trying to like bulletproof someone's reason for fucking voting for a monster. Like, I'm hoping he picks Marge. Like, if he picks Marge, oh, he's, he's so done. Good. He's done. For I, I think so he good. knows better not to do that. And he's though. not yeah. going to. She's she's too dumb. Yeah, no. Number one, she's very dumb. And then two, even even Kamala Harris, who is not the best like debater or anything like that, would walk circles around her. The thing that's important to keep in mind too is that whoever is going to be the VP for Trump is going to have to be somebody who's like legislatively savvy. Yeah. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, that whole crew. Never. They have they've actually done nothing since they've been in Congress. Yeah. They've just complained about everything. Yep. And <clears throat> that's the thing about Pence is that he was around long enough that he knew how the system worked. And he's going to have to find somebody who knows how the system works. And without like, counting on be, people like them, too. That's yeah. The crazy thing. He's going to have to get whatever is left of like the center right of the Republican Party. That's not like full. Pretty much, pretty much mean, done but, at this point. Right. They're pretty much gone. But like, don't get me wrong. There's like two of them left. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't 
I don't know if any of that will actually matter post a Trump re-election. Like, I don't think I don't think any of like democracy is pretty much for the shit at that point. Oh no, I said we got ten years left, maybe. Like, like this, like that's why this is like we're gonna be we're gonna be fucking screaming at each other next week on this fucking podcast because when we hear how terrible the fucking outcome is and how yeah. the next two years are just going to be impeachment after impeachment after impeachment of Joe Biden. Well, who's just sitting there with like an ice cream fucking cone at his fucking his impeachment. The, the <laughs> shitty part, too, is that most of the uh, secretaries of state um, are going are, are actually like Trump loyalists. So, yep. you know, when it comes down to it, like certifying an election in 2024 if Trump loses, like they're not going to. They're just going to say no. If you guys didn't catch it, um, and for uh, listeners out there, if you didn't check it out, uh, John Oliver did a very good um, episode this week completely on the, this topic of election subversion. And uh, it, I'd say just l- listen to that. Don't listen to us. <laughs> about the topic because yeah, John no, Oliver is a big really fan of the show by the way. John Oliver's yeah. a big fan of the show. That's right. John Oliver has said similar things about our show that he has saved for uh Adam, uh, Adam Driver. So um you know you know he's a big fan. Cool. I love when he does that. Um <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh yeah no but so like like 2024 is going to be a shit show and it won't matter who wins because if enough of those guys get in there and I mean, you're talking about governors of Pennsylvania, you're talking about Michigan, Wisconsin. If those people get in there, it's like, it's, it's just going to be, even if Biden wins them by double digits, which he won't, um, it's going to be, I mean, shitty process. That's going to probably have to go to the Supreme court and you know, already know how that's going to go. And and that's actually the funny thing is like, by next now now next monday we might not even know all of the turnouts on some elections because yeah. if the margins are close enough with uh, all the intimidation that's been going on with uh, election workers um there's a good chance things will be fought out for weeks or months which could cause a new side effect to our already you know impotent and incompetent government in that it might take a fucking year to fucking you know verify a vote if if it goes to court and continues to just sit in the justice system. So well, we do have they to worry saw it about in uh, they saw it in Brazil. They were saying that Bolsonaro was um, pretty much sending like the military to muck up the process in predominantly more black neighborhoods in Brazil, basically to try and stop people from voting for Lula. And thankfully, it didn't work. But um, it was it was closer than people kind of thought it was going to be. So it might have had some kind of effect. And yeah, for us, it might be these drag out six, eight months and both sides just keep claiming victory. But there's like no progress to be made. But like the problem is the courts like Mitch McConnell has done a nice uh, I don't say nice, but like he's done an effective job at reshaping the courts in his image. So I don't. Like the Democrats' chances. And also, the Democrats are fucking stupid because I was, you know, if you guys follow Dave Wasserman, he's really good at kind of going through this polling data. The Democrats had a chance to reshape a district in Nevada. I think it's the first and third district. They had an opportunity and they passed it over. And now those are two seats that they're going to probably lose. So they're just, 
not paying like the, they're they're fighting a boxing match with one hand behind their fucking back and they don't have to they're per- doing it purposely out of like the good of civility while the republicans just pummel them in the face and it's it's going like i don't know why they don't even take these opportunities like out of like the good of the country like we're the ones not breaking the rules well that's not going to win you anything it's only going to cause moral like it's going to cause what moral victories those don't count yeah i mean it's and the thing is too is it's not like this is a new thing for them as well like this has been going on for a while where it's like you guys have to do something when you're in power and granted, I don't want to I don't want to say like the Democratic Party hasn't done anything since coming into power or like since the 2020 election. But at the same time, like they have fought inside their own party so much like Joe Manchin having a fucking meltdown that Joe Biden said, like the coal industry is dying. It need to find a different alter an alternative. It's just it it's frustrating that there's one party that is able to be in lockstep when all things matter whenever they need them to be. And the other one just keeps fighting about the most menial shit. And that's how you're going to lose. That's how you're going to continue to lose national campaigns. It's how you're going to lose state elections and local elections because there is zero fucking messaging out there. And, and who knows? Okay. We might, we might get to Wednesday and more of these races are been called and it, we end up just kind of staying the same or, you know, we're just deadlocked across the board. But I think the problem that the Democrats have is like what so many other parties have when they're out of power, they're on message for everything. When they get in power, they're the dog that caught the fucking car and they don't know what to do with it. hundred percent. You know, a part of me, I think, is just like the one thing they should have been doing this entire time was just like really pushing people to vote. And I don't feel that they tried nearly half as hard as they did in the 2020 election. Well, the messaging was all over the place. That's why they didn't have a consistent message. I think that message is starting to wear very thin on people to where they're like, you got to fucking do something at this point because we keep voting and like, Hey, do something about the courts do something about like redistricting and like, you you know, gerrymandering, I, they're not doing anything, but I'm going to argue this. I don't think, I, I think a fractional number of people are changing their votes. I think if you, cause this election is about a reinstating of Donald Trump, we're going to go in, in, in three weeks from now, all we're going to be talking about is fucking Donald Trump, this Donald Trump, that it's going to be Donald Trump season again. Mm-hmm. And the reality is I don't think you've changed anyone's mind about Donald Trump. Like, I think people are either for him or against him, and they will – they've probably forgotten a little bit about how bad it was under Donald Trump. But, like, I think if, if you were smart and you just remem- reminded people that every candidate is – like, we're not talking about candidates on, like, other issues. We're talking about whether or not they're a Trump supporter or not. Like, that's – like literally the fucking issue that they're talking about and but but the big issue though gato is that like I, the way economy yeah it's yeah. the it's the 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 polling right now is saying the number one voting topic has been the economy inflation and jobs i and... will but i will say one thing about that 
And I think that this is a problem. And I'm sorry for cutting off, but the the thing with that is I think that's a very easy route to go as to explain why you're voting for someone. You want to say, oh, yeah, the reason I'm thinking of voting this way is because I'm unhappy with, like, the sensible... It's almost like a sensible nonpartisan reason. It's like this is just about business. I'm I'm just here about business, you know. And and some people might pretend to be that way, but in reality, they've already picked that winner in their mind, and that's why they're giving that answer. I, I do agree with you. I don't think anyone is changing their mind on Trump. Maybe like a suburban voter is like, yeah, I don't like the way January 6th went down and maybe I'm not going to vote for Republicans anymore. But that's like very rare examples. I think what the Republicans have done a good job at, though, is expanding the non-voter base. So people non, oh, so white, non-college educated people who never voted in mm. their life are now more motivated to vote. And it's in areas of the country which have been killing us, which is Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, like I Nevada mean, will are, be one. Nevada, you know, Nevada is very much in play for the Republicans. Now it's not a ton of electoral votes, but like you're talking about razor thin margins and Florida, which we were hoping was going to be competitive has only gotten redder. Like yeah. it's dark red now. So it's not even, I don't even think it's a purple state anymore. I, I just consider it to be it's, a Republican state. You can't state. count on it anymore. Yeah. And New York, there, there are people saying that they expect Zeldin to win at this point. There are prominent, like independent journalists who are basically saying like the tea leaves that they're reading is that Zeldin's going to win. Yeah. My problem is a few of those that are saying that also like to only speak to a certain demographic of New York voters. No, it's, it's based on like polls and stuff like that. But like the thing could and be happening. Polls are inherently racist. <laughs> True. The thing that could be happening is that the democratic party might be purposely leaking this stuff to get people scared to come out yeah, and vote. That's true. But remember, Cuomo won 20, what was it, 2018? 23 points. So now we're we're now went from a 23 point. This is a prominent MAGA Trump supporter deadlocked January 6th. Abortions on the ticket. He basically said the econ his tagline I saw was uh, that people care more about the economy than abortion. Basically, him saying, like, I'm going to ban it, like, no doubt about it. And yet the polls are like, unless unless she wins by 15 points or more, I, I don't feel very good about where we are. Here's the thing, though, is that I think ever since 2016, you have to look at polling data very critically. And sure. <clears throat> I mean, who was the person that was supposed to be uh, Susan Collins in Maine? I can't remember her name, but they they projected her to win big time. They also yeah. projected the the guy in South Carolina to beat Lindsey Lindsey Graham, Graham big yeah. time too. And both those people got blown out. And Mitch McConnell too. They were talking about Amy McGrath and they were talking about her potentially upsetting Mitch McConnell and she lost by like 20 something points. Yeah, she got worked up. I so feel like the polls have been worse for Democrats though, to where it's like it's usually worse for the Democrat. Well, the one thing I would say is in some cases, you need to be mindful of what is the difference between polling of like likely voters versus registered registered. And then also too, just because somebody is not favorable doesn't mean they're not going to not vote for them. Right. And 
I think ultimately, in some cases, when push comes to shove, it was the same thing with Trump, too, where there were Republican voters who didn't like him, but they also didn't like the alternative. Some of these people could have low approval ratings while at the same time they know that there is something worse on the other side. And there's this whole article in one of the newspapers about how like suburban moms are like voting with Republicans or voting for Republicans. But I also think too, that was, I'd be curious to see where they're asking these people. And yep. like, like, well, this person, you know, they're in Georgia. I'm like, well, no shit. But also to think like, really think about who you're voting for. Like Herschel Walker. What? Well, like, and also with those polls, this is another thing. It's like, who's answering that who's saying yes to answering that poll at like 1 30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like it, that's why I I've always had like a problem with a lot of those polls is because the they're, they're calling at weird times. Like you're, you're not going to get responses from, or they're a asking lot of people in a people. shopping mall too. like, yeah. they have weird ways of collecting that. And it all depends on where you're going and where you're and the questions that you're also asking as well. Like, a lot of these polls, particularly ones that lean to a particular political affiliation, they frame their questions in a way that makes it easy to say, like, you know, 10% strongly agree, 25% say agree, 15% say slightly agree, but they just lump everybody into the agree category yeah. instead of understanding I, that there are layers to that Likert scale that they created. I, I got a Donald Trump poll once that basically asked, like, how's... How's he doing or how's he looking or what's the likelihood of excellent? You great, fantastic. Exactly. There wasn't even like <laughs> it wasn't even a, a bad answer for him. And then when yeah. they asked about Democrats, it was like, how terrible are the Democrats? Like <laughs> we all know they're go. bad, right? They're, they're, they need to go to hell. Like, you know, it's like so. Well, well, our favorite um, Twitter overlord, Elon Musk, and I don't want to make that transition yet. He is somebody who's also used like those kind of polls in the past where you put two equally bad responses as yeah. the way that you can respond. And it's actually used a lot of cases in political like polling, like what you two just shared of a way to like rile people up. Like do did, what is Hillary Clinton not good at? Like lying and eating babies are like the two options. <laughs> and they're like, a hundred percent of people who took this poll said Hillary Clinton is bad. Can confirm the way she eats a baby is pretty terrible. She eats it like a knife and fork with chicken wings. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, this yeah, is New yeah. York. You don't eat it with a knife and fork, okay? I can't um, believe she you fold she... that baby up and you stuff it in your mouth <laughs> like a goddamn slice of pizza. So. Uh, you got to dab it first, get all the grease off it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Always oh, oh, got to get the baby grease off. Well, the polling is so weird, though, because like even Wasserman and uh, Nate Silver have pretty much said like the problem is like Wasserman has been pretty much like even if the Democrats hit every single like toss up, they're still going to like be short. So it's like I, I don't feel much optimism. Uh, I feel hoping governor's races are better. But the the point he basically said though that it's like it's not a lock that the republicans are good he's like it is the more likely scenario that the, it's a red wave but he's like it's not a lock because of how weird things have been 
So he's like, there is some inconsistencies everywhere. So it's like, it could be one of those nights where it's like, no, Democrats didn't do too, too bad. Or it's 2018 on steroids. I Or 2010 uh, all over 2010 again. 2010 was, oh God, it was fucking I, brutal. I, I just, it's so weird to me because it's like, does the nation collectively have ADD? Like, it's do we forget? It's a lot do, of it's gerrymandering. Do we forget this stuff? Do we also, but also on top of that, like, we were talking about a few months ago, literally two months ago, like how the red wave was going to be more of like a purple ripple. Like the the problem is the initial spike of abortion when when Roe v. Wade was um, uh, overturned. It seems like that's dissipated a little bit, and people are now like, "No, the economy." Like I don't give a shit economy, and like four hundred one k voters, man, they are they are troublesome because it's like you don't the, you just don't know the one thing i will say though and i don't know how they've accounted for this but there's also been a lot of younger people who have registered to vote and that's something that's harder to track because typically younger people <laughs> are also not those folks that are answering their phone at 1 30 after in the afternoon gato like right. you said they're less likely to participate in like standardized polling practices and yeah there's a huge influx of new voters, both, you know, who knows on both the, um, the supporting Roe versus Wade or the people who were supportive of it being like dismantled. But ultimately like there are a lot of young people out there who frankly, you know, you said 401k voters, these people are too young to have a 401k. And right now they're looking at a lot of things effectively, like, a lot of younger voters are looking at what the environment is going to be. And they're like, I don't want to live in a shithole. I'd rather vote for somebody, but I could be making all this up because we will not know until the next day. Maybe I, I'm, I'm very negative about it so far. I, and I do have a trouble. I mean, like, again, like the trouble with a young vote too, is that like, it all depends on like the environment for that young voter. Because there are some young voters that are just like, oh, I, I grew up in a red family in a red state. I'm going to vote red regardless kind of mentality anyhow. And I feel like we've we've talked about like the early adolescent development and like how you're not you haven't fully realized your identity probably until your mid 20s. So like I could see a lot of a lot of those voters like that's why they never really care about those voters because they haven't fully figured out what they stand for, or who they stand for. Yeah. They don't have like stickiness to them just yet in the way that like older people do about healthcare and social security. They don't have it in the same way that like non college attending males have it for other things that they feel oppressed about. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever their fucking grievance culture is right now, mm, but they, culture. they just don't have like locked in values or views just yet because they haven't been around long enough to see them. Yeah. Yeah. And they take all their frustrations out on Twitter. That's where they live. Is that, uh, do they? Is that a transition? I hear you Ooh. say, you. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last week, but there's been some interesting developments with uh, Elon Muskville. Well, before we get into that, um, thank you for all the people who are listening. By the way, if you loved Elon Musk shaming you for your free speech, you're a piece of shit 
and you're going to pay us $7.55 on our Patreon because you're giving $8 to the fucking guy who's doing something at Twitter headquarters, and you love it when he makes fun of you, give us $7.55 and let Gatto make fun of you on the phone. <laughs> well, so there's been an interesting point that I didn't think of. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Sam Piker is. He's uh, mm -hmm. like a political commentator. He made a great point that I was like, kind of like, oh, shit, I never thought about it. When it comes to paying a fee, right? Like, aside from all the bullshit craziness of like that, like verified accounts are only going to be people that pay. So, like, if I create an account as Tom DeRoma and I pay, I'm verified as Tom DeRoma. Yeah, seriously. Fucking. But uh, so taking all that weirdness out, right? He made a good point that it's like typically when you pay a fee, you're getting something in return, right? So like you pay Netflix, you're getting content that's delivered to you from Netflix. On Twitter, we are the content. Twitter would not exist without people posting. Mm -hmm. TikTok would not exist if it wasn't for, it's literally user data that keeps the site alive. All right, yeah, advertising is how they make money, but like without any subscribers, you don't have a platform. You don't go there for the ads. You go, there for, you go right. there for the, the camaraderie, the, the experience, the news, whatever it may be, whatever your pleasure is. But the funny thing is that he's charging people to give him content. And it's like it is. And you're an idiot if you don't realize that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. You know? Come like... on. You're, you're like paying, you're paying him, to... him to host your own thoughts. Which is OK. Like. So we we do this podcast weekly, right? Like mm -hmm. it's got fees and stuff to, right. to do that. You know what I mean? So I get where there's like that's the thing is like everybody's kind of a creator now, and and they've taken that positional role in their at least in their perspective that that's what they are, or at least a lot of people are, or have become that on on these um, different you know these these different social media websites. So it's like. I get that, but, but you need but you need clients to sell this product too, right? Exactly. Because if you're just having people selling their Patreon or their OnlyFans or whatever the fuck, no one's gonna buy it if they're not on the site. Yeah. Like it's just gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna sell you my Patreon. Well, I'm selling OnlyFans, so like they're not. No one's gonna buy your shit. It, it almost it almost feels like he stole the the OnlyFans fucking like. <laughs> Except with no content to give with you. nothing, yeah. you have to create you all the content. So you pay for the you pay for the fucking like actual like just hosting of it, and it's stupid because also somebody asked him, uh, Musk, how do you plan to you know stop people from anti-Semitism, saying the N word, which increased by like five hundred percent on the first week. How do you stop that? He goes, well, we're going to payment verify people. And it's like, well, that doesn't stop. You're actually going to provide a verification to this person and priority posting. So when somebody's going through their feed, they will be highlighted up. So their anti-Semitism will be at the top of the page. I, you won't be able to see people you follow. So one of the things I had heard about the whole, like, you know, the, the slurs and stuff being up 500 percent. Um I was told that a lot of that was to test the limits of Twitter itself. It was literally to see the resolve of this this behavior to see how Twitter would be now reacting. Because I don't know if it's necessarily 
has been at that level since. I don't know, but like the problem is also he has not rolled out his version of Twitter Blue yet. So because I don't think you're ever going to get like a full face understanding of what that is anyhow. But, it's just going to be but, this beautiful thing you want it to be. It's just so funny though that people. he's literally been talking about freedom of speech and now your own comments or the people you follow who are not payment verified will be shadow banned. Also because- too, the people who are making fun of him and creating parody accounts, they're going to get suspended. He's so dumb because he could have just left it alone and people would have gotten old. like people would have mm-hmm. like the thing about Twitter is you have to let the joke run its course and then people get sick of it and move on to something else. But now he showed that he's mad about that. So now people are going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I went through how much it would cost because there were people that were saying like this whole eight dollar a month thing is a way for Twitter to offset the cost of the purchase or like to make some money. So there are four there's over four hundred thousand verified accounts on Twitter. If you go eight times twelve times four hundred and twenty three thousand, it only comes out to like forty one million dollars. So. That's probably keeping the lights on at most. But at the same time, though, like, what's like, what's the point of that? Like, Twitter doesn't make a ton of money, but comparatively, it makes a lot of money. But forty-one million does not seem like a number that is going to really move the needle when it comes to a company like Twitter, like a well, multi-billion-dollar valuation company. Forty-one he, million is nothing. He's banking on nobody's getting Twitter blue to become verified. And like the, you know, the random person can become a verified account. Problem is, I don't know how he's going to make up that, that distance. And also didn't he, didn't he leverage himself pretty hard on his Tesla stock to make this purchase? Not only that, but he asked for money from banks and from the Saudi government and they all gave it to him. There was an article that came out a couple weeks, a couple days ago that said these banks that loaned him money, they're essentially like, they know that they're going to have his debt on the books for a long time. And he's he's risking losing really over leveraged the deal. He's really risking losing his like status at Tesla over. And it's also tanking the Tesla stock too. So, so Tesla um, is currently under a lawsuit as well for false advertising, (laughs) uh, fraudulent advertisement. Oh, you mean like, Oh, Hey, like, look at this car I'm going to make, like pay me, pay me now. And you'll get it one day. I don't know when. Maybe twenty years, thirty years from now. I don't know. But pay me as a retainer. Like that's his whole business model. His whole business model is going to the government, going money, please. Please. Four hundred and fifty million dollars for Tesla was, um, and that whole other situation is fucking wild. And too, and for where... him, for him to be saying shit about Democrats when Joe Biden has given him fucking money, he's got a lot of fucking nerve, man. Well, that. I mean, half of that is he's not going to get Trump on onto his platform if it doesn't happen. I think he thinks Trump is the answer to getting this place to be a bigger cesspool, but bringing back those people that allowed it to be so marketable to like who is really going to like, let's let's stop for a second. Think who's really going to pay for that blue that blue check. It's going to go ahead. No, finish. You know, it's gonna be those like specifically that sector of people. I feel like we're are most likely to look for things like that for legitimacy. 
Yeah, right? it's gonna be like the QAnon fringe people and like the like the alt right like Proud Boys groups, like Boogaloo Boys and shit like that. They're all gonna get on because they're <laughs> you know their they, money works and they're gonna do it. They need to put that flag, that stamp on a like an actual like you know mainstream social media site, and that's the way for them to do it. So they'll see it as the opportunity and they'll take it back over. I, I do have to ask thing. though. I do have to ask, is Elon Musk like a secret hero because he's gonna he's gonna Kill. push he's gonna push everyone to parlor and truth social? <laughs> well, I mean I am hoping I am hoping that this like creates a Can new we take platform. Stock in parlor? <laughs> Kanye West's parlor, you mean? Um, uh, I, I am hoping that someone creates a new platform that like everyone kind of flocks to and like leaves Elon because like it's going to turn into Facebook where it's like you scroll through and it's going to be advertisement. It's going to be all ads and it's going to be Black Rifle, is, Black Rifle Coffee and, you know, Gun Gun Monthly and like it's all it's going to be. It's going to be really weird because he went on this whole like tirade last week about how all the advertisers are leaving and they should have a name and shame campaign. And Tim pool, that little bitch is doing the exact same thing too. Tim tool. And he's like, yeah, you need to talk, call them out. Last time I checked, like advertisers are allowed to choose who they give money to. I know they're I think- woke Tom. They're woke. Then they can be woke. Like if General Electric wants to have a Black Lives Matter sign, like it's a publicly traded company. And you know what corporations love? Being bullied into advertising. That makes them really open to business. I mean, it's because in their mindset, they believe that like, you know, their their group is so big and so powerful that if you go away from them, They'll go away from you, but it's just not happening, and they're not that big of a. They're a loud, they're a loud minority. They're not a majority. That's that's what they keep forgetting. I do have to wonder though, like again, because Trump does this so well. Is this just setting up Elon Musk for more of the fucking grievance culture, and he's going to be able to skate past this Twitter shit show when Twitter eventually falls apart because everyone leaves the platform because it's a waste of time. And is he just going to be able to get away with it and blame everyone for it? Because that's always how it works. No one can ever take responsibility for bad decisions. It's always like, oh, the woke left ruined it. Like, and I think that only plays out for his base. I don't think that gets anybody to their side. I think in our day and age, right? Like the history books are now being written by two sides. And like, if you have a million diehards, they're going to write like, you know, the swan song for you and everyone else is going to remember you as the shit heel that you know destroyed destroyed twitter <laughs> but it, you know what's funny though is that like he's t- he said activist groups are de- are de- destroying like his advertising opportunities which is obviously a lie because like but what number, about number one, if he if he wants to blame somebody for this, blame capitalism because these corporations are very risk adverse because they don't want an advertisement for Chevy coming up and then somebody saying, you know, Hitler was great. There is a there's an account called uh, at Lupas P.A.S. Uh, Lou Pasalkis can't pronounce his name. He is in he works a brand marketer in uh, performance advertising world. So he works for a marketing agency. And 
Elon Musk was bitching on Twitter. We had a massive drop in revenue due to activist group pressuring. He res- This is what he responded. And you got to, this is incredible. Elon, great chat yesterday. As you heard overwhelmingly from senior advertisers on the call, the issue concerning us all is content moderation and its impact on brand safety suitability. So you say you're committed to moderation, but you just laid off 75% of your moderation team. What do you think Yuan said to that? He said some bullshit to it and then blocked him, didn't he? He said nothing and he blocked him. Yep. <laughs> so then he replied with the screenshot of him being blocked. So for all the replies I received that content moderation equals denial of freedom of speech, it doesn't. What do you say about the fact that Chief Twit, Elon, just blocked me for exercising mine? Yesterday, Elon Musk solicited questions from marketers. Today, he's blocking them who asked them. Because you weren't supposed to ask questions. You were just right. supposed to nod and agree. Because it ruins the narrative that, like, no, it has nothing to do with advocacy, advocacy groups and the left. It's like you're hurting our, our bottom line, and we don't like that in capitalism. But, like, what happened to the bots? I thought it was all about the bots. I, they don't care do, about do the you bots. guys see like I've, oh. I've actually seen less bots on Twitter than ever before it's just funny it's like it's like oh look we're gonna say it's this problem now it's this problem now it's this problem because I don't solve problems I just change which problem I'm highlighting it's like <sighs> it's fucking unbelievable and then like I can't tell if it's like a performance piece or what with like one minute he's firing like the people from Twitter. Next, he's making them work overtime and sleep under their desks. Next, you know, like, it's such a fucking mad zoo, man. It's insane. Again, it's, I don't think that he was actually serious about buying Twitter. I thought, I I think he was hoping that he could control Twitter for a long time, boost the stock for Tesla, make some money off of it, but He's tried to get out of this Twitter deal three fucking times and he knows and everybody else knows that he wildly overpaid for a program that has been historically really, really hard to govern. And that's why Jack Dorsey mm-hmm. got out and it's always not really been a money maker, but it's a big fucking name. And now he's in there. And it's like walking into the cockpit of a fucking space shuttle. And he has no idea how to do it because when you are basically like a shit poster troll and now you're responsible for the entire shit storm, like what are you going to do? He's not even good at it. No, it's like definitely divorced 55 year old dad energy, which is subsequently what he is. You know what he posted today? Who is the master at baiting? Yeah. Stop it. Oh, I get it. Masturbating. Oh. But that was right before he posted a picture of like a German troop from World War II trying to oh make a reference God. of like voting for Republicans. Yeah. And he, oh, by the way, he just posted um, very, a couple, I think it was a little while ago that, oh, I've, I, to be, yeah, three hours ago. To be clear, my historical party affiliation has been independent. We've already talked about that, that independent voters don't exist with an actual voting history of entirely Democrat until this year. And I'm open to the idea of voting Democrat again in the future. Hey, guys. Is he? he, Oops. Maybe I said the wrong thing. I'm liberal. It's funny because he's just just really lashing out because AOC was like mean to him twice on Twitter. That's definitely it. 
that's a hundred percent it. And he tried to troll her and he and she fucking bodied him. If if you really think about all the crazy things that Elon Musk has done, it's usually like around the same time, like some sort of personal relationship shit also goes down. Like I don't know if maybe some of these things happen because of what he's doing in the in the public forum, but like it seems like either one is tied to the other or the other is tied to the to the one because i like it just like he's always having some weird meltdown while his personal life is melting down too yeah so just to be clear since he's purchased and taken over twitter he's made a really just stupid joke by bringing a kitchen sink into twitter headquarters what was that he's a loser um and you should expect nothing less from a, a loser. metaphoric symbol that I don't even want to try to unpack. He basically has that sink wrapped around his fucking neck right now. And the further he goes into the depths of the ocean, that's because he's like, I'm let that sink in or something. Yes, that's exactly it. Boo, tomato, 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 boo. tomato, lettuce, lettuce. On top God, of that, sucks. he fired 3,700 people, which is now a class action lawsuit in L.A., in, in California. The CARE you, Act, right? Yeah, because you can't fire that amount of people with in less than 60 days. <laughs> um, and now, did you see the report that he's trying to hire some of them back? Because he's like, yep. oh, shit. Saying yep. it's an I, HR mistake. Oh, oops. I ruined your life. Sorry. That's a whole other thing of how they informed people that they were fired or not fired. Your and personal then, email, right? Yeah. Yeah. And his big plan to solve Twitter is to charge people more money. No one wants to pay for social media. You don't pay to post on Facebook. You don't pay to post on TikTok. They understand the business model. You are the content. Mm -hmm. You are around for them. Now, imagine for a second, you follow people on Twitter, right? People that you find interesting or whatever. Now, because of this Twitter blue, we're going to prioritize people in your feed, people you don't follow, but people who are payment verified. We're not going to verify who these people are. It could be Ben Shapiro. It could be uh-huh. Uh-huh. a fucking random Nazi account. But they're going to be the ones that appear in your feed. And also, if you're commenting, it's also going to be those people at the top, too. So now you're telling me that I don't get to like see the people that I want to see. I have to see the people that you're pushing to me. Unless I pay you money. It sounds yep. like extortion. So like I I'm gonna see how it goes, but like Well, he also said too, like he mentioned something, he sent out a tweet as like a subtweet to somebody else. He's like, Twitter will still be free. And it's like, yes, but it'll be the way that you want it to be. Bastardized version. No, but like just such empty promises. You know, he really thought he was going to get away with it, like selling people on that idea. Ugh. He's just a fucking dweeb. That's the thing. Like, bro, none of these ideas are, in fact, your ideas. And it, this is why rich people are fucking stupid, man. Like, It's pretty clear, though, that he was he thought it was a joke at first. Right. He was he was trying to buy he, he was trying to buy it as a joke. And then, like, he just got too too deep into it right like that's got to be the case there's no way he wanted any of this no and it's funny man because like twitter's kind of been on its way out anyhow like the younger like younger generations are all on tiktok like they don't even fuck with twitter (laughs) i think there was a statistic or something i think it's like 
less than 10% of the users on TikTok are create the content or on, on uh, Twitter, create the content and a vast majority of people who used to use Twitter regularly have already left and are not coming back. And, and you're right, Gatto, like this is, this is Facebook 2.0 at this point where people have just migrated away to something else yeah. and we can get into TikTok as well and how much of a shitstorm that is because there's nothing quite as good as having a foreign entity, like fucking comb through all your data, but yeah, but so you're referring to the uh, video I shared. For anybody who didn't didn't see it, it was a uh, it was a 60 minutes piece about how um, there's a Chinese company called ByteDance mm -hmm. that is essentially like Chinese TikTok. And for anybody that's under the age of 13, it the only thing it feeds to you are like engineering stuff, nature stuff. Like it will only feed you. Um, educational stuff and STEM older... specifically right so yeah, yeah. and that's if you're in china that's if you're in china but the american tiktok which obviously i think it's the same company they pretty much the algorithm is like pushing whatever so like if you're a 13 year old boy you're getting andrew tate videos and stuff like that <laughs> so there's a big pushback on it and someone referred to it as providing um the spinach version of TikTok to China and the opium version to uh, America. And I have a hot take that I don't care what China does with their apps. It like it again, it's an excuse of parenting that like maybe you shouldn't let your fucking 13 year old kid on TikTok. I mean, kids are going to find ways onto these platforms probably regardless. Right. Um, I, I, but I'm I'm kind of with you too on that, like just because like the whole foundation of that, the bedrock of that, just comes from like all the U.S. based fucking social medias that have existed, you know, prior to this. So it's like this is and nothing. Nothing is different. Facebook's not better. It's no. not like Facebook's not pushing harmful content to your children, and you have no problem with that. But because it's Chinese, now all of a sudden I'm supposed to care. I mean, it's... no, that just makes you racist <laughs> right like yeah exactly like they they only want you to care about tiktok because china owns it but it's like but why wouldn't like at this point we're in a pretty much like a cold war with china at this point what what burden do they share that they're gonna help our children and he's like and also i've mentioned that he shares in the in the video that like uh, people polled in china the young kids who are using these apps they're dream job was astronaut and if you ask children of the same age in this country what's the dream job what do you want to be influencer and i think that actually doesn't speak more to the app it speaks more to the decay in our society here that like younger kids see the environment they see horrible shit going on multi the ice caps are melting they see you have to go to college pay a hundred and something thousand dollars to get a thirty thousand dollar job and it's like i would I, want to be an influencer too I, I, I feel like it's even it could even be explained in like a simpler way of like when we were younger, like what do you think a lot of people want to be like? And the big medium then was like you might have wanted to be an actor, right? Movie or star, yeah, or you want to be an athlete, right? Yeah. Like because because yeah. those were the the big fancy like faces that you saw on TV that everybody exactly. talked about and 
like as a kid, you know, you you dream big of becoming, you know, this one day, that lofty whatever. And nowadays, like an influencer is probably a better, more lucrative career than even being an actor because yeah. it's you get to do everything on your terms, right? And you're owning your labor. Yeah. Like you are technically owning your labor when you're an influencer. You are the one creating your own content. It speaks to the nature in which like systems have become a lot of systems have become almost predatory or um, take too much advantage over the people that um, participate in them or work in them. Right. So these industries like being are extremely exploitive. Why would you want to be any of those even and even like you have to think about like being an astronaut. That is also an extremely exploitive um career path to take because of all the education and all the other things that you have to do in order you have to have some sort of you know likely some sort of government background um you have to you know it's like a science engineering engineering background education yes you have to have all these things to make like fifty thousand dollars a year working for nasa it's like if you you got to incentivize if you're going to create a capitalist system in which money is the ultimate and like you either have it or you don't. And if you want to live a comfortable life, you need to have it. You need to incentivize these really like engineering and, you know, whatever jobs to pay more. Yeah. Because most people can't just do it. And if they can, they, they're they already a product of winning at the the somewhat rigged system that is right. that is capitalism. And they have that luxury, you know, and we've we can go down that treacherous path (laughs) i think the i think the thing that i am most concerned about and i'm going to take a little bit of a different tact here that i agree like social media is something that is pervasive regardless of whether it's a chinese company or an american company what it has done for people both like psychologically, but also socially as well has been problematic because there's also been people who have done shitty things on social media for likes. And it's kind of degraded just how we interact with each other. I'm not trying to pit what Facebook and Twitter and all these other social media platforms have done compared to TikTok. My biggest concern is the people who own TikTok have also had some pretty close affiliations with the Chinese government and subsequently Chinese intelligence. And I'm not saying it's a psyop, but I think any time where there's government influence in the creation and funding of a program, we should ask some questions about how that's done. I, I mean, I, I don't agree, know. I disagree though, because like, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg having my data is any better. I I just don't know. I don't disagree, but I don't think we're um, in a cold war with MetaBase or whatever or Metaverse. I am. Well, I am. You, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing I I kind of wonder with that one though is like, is do like young people that are on TikTok a lot like do they hold like anti intervention stances about the u.s government on the grounds of like the taiwan takeover of of uh by china you know what i mean like is that 
you know how how are how are their political opinions about things regarding that which it's going to probably be really fucking hard to get but i would imagine that it's also really hard to get like a 13 year old to even give a shit about something like that if it came up as a video they would just move on to the next video or what have you yeah that i don't know but i'm thinking i'm looking at more as like the aggregate or from a higher level like having some kind of influence in that regard is concerning for me is not what's being done but what could be done well you know with this with this instance speaking on this and then the fact that like elon musk wants to uh you know charge you eight bucks to be on his site um are we at a point where we have to update what our opinion of free speech is and what are the criterion for what that is are we there yet as a society do we need to start talking about what is impactful and how that affects free speech do we have to talk about what is regarded as you know things that are open discussions for society versus closed discussions have we reached that point like we need to do these like tedious pieces of work and change that like you know like it's like the constitution like it needs to be updated you know is it time to update that true definition of free speech i well i i don't i don't know if if the free speech re- like is even relevant in this scenario i think because like again like everyone keeps talking about twitter when it comes to free speech and it's like what government entity is stopping you from saying something like Twitter banning you is not your free speech. Twitter I think has, that's where people get so confused and they miss crazy. the mark on it. It is the 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 First Amendment protects you from government persecution. For so you, I can go in front of the White House and say "fuck Joe Biden," and there's no secret police that are going to come arrest me and kill me, right? So me getting banned on Twitter for saying like I think somebody should get hate crimed is not a stopping you from your freedom of speech. You're you go into a terms of service with Twitter. Twitter has the ultimate right to go. Now you're banned in the and, same way that your job does in the same way that a store has a right to kick you out. If you're acting like a fool, like there are, there are limits to what you're, you are and are not allowed to do. Your life is not over. If you get banned from Twitter and guess what? You can just go create another sock puppet account and start posting again. Or no go into Truth Social. Yeah. If you ever get onto the fucking platform. They ban people too, though. We're going to ban it, Second it, Mouse. <laughs> we have a Truth Social? Awesome. We do. <laughs> and start posting. It's, it's just stupid because it's like, again, people, bas- people have bastardized what freedom of speech actually means. And now people think that getting banned on Twitter is an infringement of your First Amendment rights. It's not. You the have same- no amendment. Pr- they don't protect the amendment to post the I mean, in theory, you could probably take them to court for certain types of infringements. You'd lose. And a lot of chances. Yeah, you would. Because because, but again, that's, that's where terms of service are broad. Becomes. Twitter has Twitter has the ultimate authority to decide whether or not this is why with Elon Musk, it's going to be worse. Because he's not going to exercise that authority when it comes to like Nazis on the fucking site. It's just it feels like these things are like juxtaposed or at least like they have like some sort of tangent into the same topic. 
You know what I mean? Well, like they're all kind of interconnected at this point with how ruinous social media has become. Well, to add to your point, Gato, we have already kind of relitigated what free speech is. Like hate crimes were not originally, or hate speech was not originally written into the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, but we do have language around hate speech. Um, using like talking, like yelling fire in a movie theater when there's not one, causing a panic. Those are other things as well that you're not allowed to do. Which is an expansion of the scope of free speech. Mm -hmm. Which I'm saying is like, maybe we're at a point where free speech needs to have an expansion on the terms and definitions of the scope. I, I, think, yeah. the, I think the yelling fire in a, in a crowded room, though, is a is because it causes an imminent danger. Yeah. So like, they've always had, lives at risk. They've and, always had imminent danger protocols built into the free speech. Like, I can't say I can say fuck Joe Biden in front of the White House, but I can't say I'm going to kill Joe Biden. Which is which is the funny thing, though, because we're at this point where I think there's a lot of things that come really close up to that line of being like an eminent danger statement. Yeah. And yet they they're free to, you know, free to proceed and get away with it. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I'm I'm like, hey, have we have we gotten to that point? It's like we should maybe reevaluate. I will also say something too, and this might be a little hot takey and they might think I'm like a, you know, a big government rube who doesn't right. know any better. Oh, but you want to take our rights, don't you? God, Here's the thing is that I've always heard the thing to combat like bad speech is good speech or something to that effect. Like more speech is what we need, but I don't really think we need to be able to provide a pathway for like white supremacist groups or Holocaust deniers to have an open forum to talk. And I think the thing that concerns me the most right now is the argument about like the way that you're able to combat hate speech is with more speech is the way the system is set up right now is that if, if somebody posts something that basically says the Holocaust never happened, like, or what Kyrie Irving or what, Kanye West said their influence is wide and broad enough where it doesn't matter what the retort is. It's just that's out there and that's going to take up the airway. And mm -hmm. we go back to that Winston Churchill quote that a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth is able to get its pants on. And that's ultimately what we see because the longer it sits out in the ether, the more likes, the more retweets, the more comments it gets, but you're not seeing that side of it unless you go in and find it. And, and I think to that point, there is an entire subsystem or network that if this justifies a specific group's cause or what have you, they will continue to perpetuate that and amplify that and echo that as long as they possibly can. And that's where all of this becomes this treacherous, dangerous place for us because we're now really creating a lot of dissonance with that type of behavior. Also, like, manufacturing consent as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what it is. Like, if you say it enough times, people, like, some people, some randos, like, people that are not, like, you know, on Twitter will be like, yeah, no, I heard about that. And it'd be like, no, it doesn't not fucking real. Like you're just, people are just saying it. And now it, now it's in the ether and oh, people, yeah, we got to stop the socialists, right? <laughs> we, we had that in our topics page in discord, right? That there was a study that was done by people who were like, 
they didn't know where they found information, but they thought it was truthful or yep. they thought it was questionable, but because they had heard it so many times, they were just like saying it anyway. And that's ultimately what happens where you're saying, you're saying something enough times that people start to believe you and you put enough science behind it and you think it's true. But when you guys were kids, didn't, didn't you all believe that gum stayed in your digestive tract for seven? Oh years? yeah. Oh, it was, oh, it's illegal! Least. It's illegal to turn the light on in your car. The yep. overhead light—you'll get pulled over for that. Yeah, it's it's, but it's like imagine that, but like sinister and like on a massive scale now. With, and that's with, what it is, and that's the thing with like an intent and purpose. Yeah. Well, how about this? And a good example of that for the grown-ups is Pizzagate. Great critical exa- race, critical race theory too. Yeah. Yeah. Like indoctrination of kids and groomers and all that shit. Like that. Well, Joe Rogan said that um, somebody told him that a school had a litter box for a furry because a, a kid thought that they were a cat. Turns out he's like, yeah, that was made up completely. And I fucked that up. I did not see that nearly enough as I should have because he basically created this whole network of people. One of them is actually running for governor, I think, in yep. New Hampshire. Yep. More than, I think, three instances of politicians this campaign cycle brought that up. Yeah, and yeah, it's all um, a fucking lie, and he admitted to it. He's like, yeah, that was probably not real. There was a Tennessee politician. No, he he said, like, oh, I, I, think, I think they just ignored the request. And it's like, motherfucker, you said that, like, they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's kind of like when a newspaper offers like a like a correction and it's like this tiny little blurb. And it's like, so you got the lie out there. It's spread. Everyone fucking got its purpose out of it. Oh, it's not real. But like you can imagine it'd be real, though, based on how crazy things are now. Right. Yeah. There's always a caveat to it, too. It's not real. But like you can understand why I believed it, because like, look at how crazy these people are. It probably is true. You know what? It is true. Like you see how it like it just keeps going the breadcrumbs man yep yep there's i'm not uh, an asshole for spreading it it look at the times yep so what do we talk about now (laughs) well the giants um the giants can't seem to get out of their own way i even on a bye week we lose so (laughs) we had uh, tom do you do you uh, God will know this very easily. You're familiar with the boat pick, right? Yes. Okay. So the boat pick has held pretty hard over us the last few years. It was right before the 20, it was right after the the last game in 2016. For anybody who doesn't know, they were going to the playoffs, right? They were going to the playoffs. They were going to green Bay. And mind you that that was a rematch of, you know, 2007, uh, 2011. So, Everyone's thinking this Giants team is kind of a team of destiny, right? Like they've gone to Lambeau twice in the playoffs and they've beaten Rodgers. They've beaten Favre. The Giants decided on a weekend, it was Shepard, OBJ, and a couple other people decided we're going to go to Miami. No big deal, right? They were back well before practice on Tuesday. But of course, the New York media takes it and runs with it that they don't care. They're checked out. They only care about themselves. They should be in New York. What? They should be sitting on their fucking couch. By the way. Yeah. I think everyone should like 
be concerned with themselves. <laughs> right. You know, God forbid you get a little downtime. But yeah. because of the picture, if no one had taken that picture, no one would have like made it the story it was. But it's a stupid picture. They're all posing. Trey Songs is there. Apparently, Justin Bieber was in the back, but wasn't in the picture. It just oh. set a very bad narrative for the media and they ran with it and then odell beckham follows that up with arguably the worst game i've ever seen him play he had that wide open touchdown he drops the giants are barely hanging on and then in perfect symmetry to 2011 when eli manning threw a a hail mary bomb to go into the halftime aaron Rodgers did it to them and it was at that moment i'm like this game's over i don't need to watch a single second after this they lost yeah, it was a bitter one. Beginning of the end of Odell Beckham in New York, by the way. Like, that was the, like, thing that kind of oh, started. Yeah. The, he's a diva. Then it was the kicking net, the all that stuff. Hot the Giants head. tend to have very yeah. weird things happen to them that become big things. So, Giant safety Xavier McKinney is in, Cab- is in Cabo this past week because of the bye week. He's injured his hand on an ATV accident. Now... On the surface, right? Because Xavier McKinney is the opposite of Odell. He's not. I, I don't even know what his voice sounds like. Like I, I've never heard him speak before because he's not the type of guy that's going out there and marketing himself. He's the Giants' defensive captain. He wears the green dot. For anybody that doesn't, doesn't know that, basically, you're the quarterback of the defense. Play caller. Play caller on defense. You're making the adjustments. You, all that. You never heard. You never heard Kenny speak before. Uh, uh, it's Xavier McKinney. Yeah, McKinney. You've never heard no. Of I I can't say I, I know I know what his voice sounds like. Oh, dude, honestly, I think he could be the guy that takes over for Mickey Mouse. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I no, I'm I, fucking around. I'm fucking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm about to say. I just I'm wanted like... to put that in your mind. Like he's the captain, oh, and he's like, okay, I got a sack this week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's a he's Nickel a band kid. I'm not holding anything against him. He's allowed to go to Cabo and take a relaxing time but like you know maybe don't be on an atv it's also written into his contract to not be on atvs so the giants could take away a bonus i don't think they're going to but a a teammate jihad ward posted a picture i'm guessing they were there together and it makes it look so much fucking worse i'm going to share it with you guys in the discord and then, Tom, I want you to describe it starting from the left corner, working your way down and to the right. Still up the last time I checked. It is him doing a wheelie on an ATV, riding the back wheels. And you're starting to wonder maybe that's how he got hurt. And again, starting to wonder. Yeah, I know that's how well, that's not him. That's a That's a teammate. That's not Xavier McKinney. Well, it's, I know that's how you get hurt. But I'm saying, though, that it's clear that it was he tried to make it sound like, oh, I just, you know, there was it was a minor thing that happened and I hurt my hand. And it seems like you were doing fucking wheelies. And it's like, this is going to become this story is not going to go away. It's going to be a thing. Already tell it's going to be a fucking thing. And they're going to try and drive this kid out of New York. I can already tell it's going to happen. Even Um, on the fucking bye week. I'd also like to point out that Jason Pierre Paul blew his hand off, too. That's another thing. Well, did the Giants Giants kept uh yeah for what another two three seasons after he that? was already under contract. There yeah. was talk about removing him, but they they decided not to, and um, still playing. 
So good yeah, ultimately then started kicking some serious ass down in fucking Tampa Bay. He was great in Tampa. Yeah, he actually yeah. had a bunch of good years. So I'm just concerned that like, especially McKinney, like you know, he's so vital to that defense. And now they played him. They placed him on the non-injured reserve list, so he will miss four games. So he's going to miss. The thing. Does his hand look like crab meat? I don't like, know. <laughs> like fucking Pierre Paul. So he's going to miss. He's going to miss <laughs> Houston and Detroit, which is no big deal. But he's going to miss Thanksgiving against Dallas, and he's going to miss the Commanders game, which is not great. So not ideal. here's the thing is if they go four and oh or three and one, it won't be a thing. It won't be a story. But if they lose to Detroit, or it Houston. will be a thing. Yeah. Or it's Houston. gonna be a fucking problem. I was yeah. gonna say probably more Detroit because their offense is just better than Houston. But also the Giants defense has been slowly but surely getting a little bit more beatable the last few weeks. Well, you guys know? have been getting hurt. Like it's also lo- it's also that they were they were winning on third down at an unsustainable rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That everyone was saying it like this is not sustainable. They're not talented enough to be this good. They're gonna have some slippage. And Geno Smith tore him a new asshole, which I never thought would be something I'd say in 2022. But um Yeah, yes. I mean, but a lot of weird things are happening. Like the Jets are really good the jets are really fucking good <laughs> no thanks to zach wilson by the way no, no. imagine if they Glass drafted wilson? justin field imagine if they drafted justin fields instead can we can we talk about justin fields for a little bit like yeah. as He's much great. as i as much as i'd love to hang out in the the sad corner that is the giants right now um, <laughs> i had to say it because like i'm i'm i know this is this is come. this is called like you know catharsis and we're yeah. here for that that's what yeah. the show's about that and financially abusing people um, we're my, still faith, my faith in Justin Fields. I feel like Justin Fields is turning a corner in the way that we were hoping that was going to happen at the start of the year. Yeah. And whether it's with his legs, that offense looks decent. Mm-hmm. And I think, I hope they continue this way, but. I think they need to be really careful to not get like overly excited that Justin Fields can basically carry their offense and they don't do anything to address the offense. Like they need more wide receivers. Chase Claypool is nice, but he is not the answer. That was a weird trade. I think it was just by convenience. Like the, the Steelers were trying to get rid of him. The the Bears said, like, we have no better options. Let's just do it. But that's what's crazy, though, is that I understand that the Packers also offered a second-round pick for him, so they had to keep pace with that. But but Chase Claypool was a second-round draft pick. So you paid the same price for – like, this is like – I hate to, say, to talk people talk about people this way, but it's like buying a car. Mm-hmm. The minute that you come off the lot, you're depreciating. Yeah, and yesterday's like, price is not today's price. price. Chase Claypool has done nothing outside of his rookie season to warrant being worth that. Like, he should have been a fourth-round pick. That's why I was glad the Giants didn't, going back to them for a second, I'm glad that they didn't make a trade because, like, the prices were insane. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that really changed about Claypool last year compared to his rookie year was just the touchdowns. I mean, 873 with 62 catches, nine touchdowns. He had 11 total in his first year. Yeah, and then last year it was 860 with 59 catches. So I think that that could also be just attributed to Ben Roethlisberger falling apart because that whole offense was kind of duty cakes. 
by the Any way, bag of bones. Since mm-hmm. week five, Justin Fields is QB one in fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And Pretty I dirty. dropped him in one league that I need quarterback. Mm-hmm. So this bitch. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I think Q, I will say, and I will defend you in this regard. The first three weeks of the season gave you no reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Gave they, you no reason to hang on to him. They were also throwing at him. I mean, like, in, like, I mean, since the eighties, like they were comparing them to teams in the eighties for like how many few passing attempts they had. And it didn't look like they trusted him at all. And I'm like, like, how can you assess how good he, how good or bad he is unless you let him throw? So week one, 17 passing attempts, 11, 17. He didn't get into 20 until week four. Yeah. And now yesterday was a, was a season high 28 passing attempts. So. But and he's gonna 178 rushing yards yesterday. Um, he has 602 rushing yards so far on the season. Um, and that was the most rushing yards since 2002 with Michael Vick. And that number was like 173 for a game. So Vick in his prime. But again, I'm curious to see what happens to him in his third year if they're able to find a number one receiver for him and continue to build the offense. Given everything that we know about the NFC North right now, and we, we got to get to the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> but they could be a sneaky like sleeper pick to win that division next year. All things go according to plan. Their defense is very good. Like so they they already they had that going for them, thankfully. And now that the offense finally looks like a modern offense and like they're finally using that tight end mm-hmm. that I liked a lot. Cole Komet. Cole Komet. I love I loved him coming out and finally using him correctly and letting Fields kind of just do his own thing. That Giants tra- that Giants trade is not looking great right now. They uh they allowed the Bears to move up and get Fields and they took Kadarius Tony at pick number 20. <laughs> Yeah, well, he didn't do shit last night, and that and they almost lost. So, I, I, dude, there was a large faction of Kansas City Chiefs fans, like I'm seeing on message boards and like Twitter, that were like, they were reveling in the fact that they got him, and like they're gonna laugh when he scores touchdowns with Pat Mahomes, and I'm like, you have not been paying attention. This -hmm. guy's gonna catch two balls every single week until he pulls his hammy, and he's gonna be out for five weeks. I wish him the best. I don't have any problem with young Joker, but you, um, it will probably come. He'll probably pull his hamstring in practice, so it won't even be in the game. He fucking pulled <laughs> his hamstring. Very so good he, point. This, the timeline, <laughs> by the way, the timeline is really questionable. It's going to get turf toe like before. The, like, he he fucking pulled his hamstring in the <laughs> what? The third week of of uh, preseason. And then he's back by like what? Week two. Plays in week two, doesn't have a catch. Week three, he gets like two catches for zero yards, and then he re-pulls his hamstring. And then he said a week before he gets traded, he said he re-injured himself because he came back too fast. And now all of a sudden, he's perfectly healthy. Something, something not right there. Yeah. He's full of shit. But um, speaking of full of, shit, full of shit somewhere else. Sorry, yeah. Tom. Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> I wanted to talk about another person who's full of shit too, and that's the Green Bay Packers. He should. They are. Fire. They are ass, dude. And should, I'll tell you what, he ain't help. Aaron Rodgers is not helping them at all. 
So but that whole team looks dog shit too. The Detroit defense was on an historic pace for the amount of yards and points they've been giving up. Aaron Rodgers yesterday, I mean, just couldn't do anything. 24, 23 of 43, 291, a touchdown and three interceptions. Three red zone interceptions. Yeah, they were all I, bad. I was going to say, I could play a little devil's advocate here and say, when you play division rivals, you always play a little tougher. You know the team a little better. But Aaron Rodgers with those red zone interceptions, just it's oof. He's got to retire at the end of the season. I, no, he doubles I down. He gets paid to go somewhere else. I think he'll that's be, exactly what's going to happen. He'll be a buccaneer next year. Oh, no, he won't. No, he won't. No, he won't. Because I'm telling you right now, there's no person that's on the hotter seat right now than Byron Leftwich right now because this run, 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 like six running plays in a row yesterday, I don't know what the Buccaneers are doing. You have fucking Tom Brady as quarterback, and you're running the ball like in the red zone. You're running the ball like six times it, in a row. I mean, that could speak to maybe maybe Brady is injured. Maybe Brady's arm is not TB12 approved at the moment. Um, it could they, be. They miss Bruce it could Aaron be a few. Badly. It could be a few things. You Bruce. see, I'm I'm curious about that because everyone said that offense was bad when Bruce Arians was managing it, and Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I know <laughs> they went to the Super Bowl when Bruce Arians stopped calling plays because the beginning of the season they did not look strong. I'm yeah, not he, saying that's, he's there, that's why. I don't disagree, but I, I think to to go from like one of the most like one of the hottest offensive coordinators in the NFL to almost being fired, I think there is a lot of things that have changed about that team. That team has gotten worse, and it's not because of the play calling. It's because everybody on that team is one year older. Rob Gronkowski is not there. Um they miss four, that was already an old team. It was the oldest team in the NFL. Yeah, they, they miss they, they miss Gronk pretty badly here because they have nobody that can attack the seam up the middle. Yeah, the and middle also line. too, like their offensive line is ass, and yeah. I that's nothing that eventually, as Giants fans, you will understand this. Eventually, you need some talented players on the team. You can't just have one talented player and then say, Oh, well, we'll just make everybody better. That might work. God damn it. I hate ESPN so much. Pop I mean, bad. Brady's on like pace for like the lowest amount of touchdowns ever he's ever had. It, he threw the ball 58 times yesterday. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's going to be hysterical when he dies under a bridge from eating too much fried chicken and drinking booze all alone. <laughs> he he you know what it's gonna be it's gonna be one beer it's gonna be one beer and it's gonna kill him because it's gonna be a, <laughs> a Michelob <laughs> Ultra because he's had like avocado toast for his entire forties. I, I was gonna say it was a Pabst with ice. He he ruined <laughs> that would kill life. anybody. He yeah. ruined his life to <sighs> keep playing football and to lose. He ruined his marriage and his relationship with his children to be under 500 and miss out on the playoffs for the Falcons. Sad. Sad. 
Yo, it's crazy. Um, Speaking of sad boys, do we want to talk about any other teams in the league right now? The Colts fired Frank Reich because that team is shit. That was fucking weird. The Saturday appointment. I get it, though. They love him so much. All right. So first things first, though. Frank Reich's a good head coach. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's a great offensive play caller. He, I mean, the best years of Carson Wentz and Nick Foles were Frank Reich. You out. watch out. He will be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commandos next year. I with hope, Ron, I, with, with I Ron Rivera. I hope not. Because that would be very bad for the NFCs. Um, Why is Chris Ballard skating out of this? Now, I understand that they took a real tough break when Andrew Luck retired out of nowhere, right? Like, Yeah, like four years ago, though. But it's like you've been patchworking. He thinks that – see, he's – what separates between him and somebody like Howie Roseman is that Chris Ballard's an incredible drafter. You know, that year he got Quentin Nelson, um, uh, the, the linebacker who's a fucking beast. Like, he, And then they traded that mm-hmm. first-round pick. They got the uh, – they got a lot of really good talent, but they never – went all in to get like a top tier player that would save them on offense. Their offense is fucking putrid and they've been playing patchwork with these quarterbacks. I mean, to, to go from fucking Carson Wentz and you think Matt Ryan who cooked in Atlanta is going to save you. And now you're relying on Sam fucking Ellinger to save you. Like it's, I mean, though that these were kind of perpetually bad decisions. (laughs) But it's Matt like, Ryan was such a bad gamble. They gave uh, up premium picks for fucking Carson Wentz. Yeah. And then the commanders did it again. Yeah. I don't know what people are thinking there. Daniel Snyder. Yeah, apparently. But I mean, like, they they just can't do anything. And like oh. they're wasting the best years of that offensive line. I will say though, the Matt Ryan trade is less so the Colts wanting him. And more the Falcons knowing they fucked up because they tried to trade for Deshaun Watson. And how do you trade for Deshaun Watson and dump a guy who has basically been a pillar of the fucking community in Atlanta since he got there? Has a charity, does a lot of like community work, and they're like, we need to get rid of this guy because there's we we can't have him back here. I think he's fucked this. I think Matt. Oh, he's done. Yeah, he he was cooked. He was done two years ago. Yeah. And frankly, he should have retired the year that they lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you can't come back from that. 28 to 3 is a Mm-mm. fucking brutal fucking thing. Chris Ballard has done a really nice job building a really talented roster. So, you know, uh, Quiddy Pay, uh, DeForest Buckner, they gave up that first round pick for, but he's been great. They signed Stefan Gilmore, who's had a resurgence. Um, even like Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, all these guys that are really, really talented. Darius Leonard, really, really good players. But like, he just doesn't realize that like you need, you can't ride Jonathan Taylor to a Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. This is why I'm like, I am going insane as a Giants fan because like people are talking about giving Saquon Barkley twenty million dollars after this year, every year, and I'm like, you're never going to win that way. Yeah, you're never going to win that way. You'll never I see love, the return on it either. Never. The best thing they could do is franchise Saquon next year and trade him. Try mm-hmm. and get something for him. But going back to the Colts, Jim say, I don't understand his logic because 
and I get it that they lost um, Nick Sirianni, obviously, like who was obviously doing a great job in Indianapolis. They don't have somebody that they can hand it to. But he gives the job to Jeff Saturday, who's an analyst on NFL Network right now. I mean, Jeff Saturday is like a god to the Colts. Fine. But like he he doesn't have head coach experience. I don't even think he's got coordinator experience. He's a head coach coach. for a high school. (laughs) But here's the thing, though. And and I think this is where Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is going to be like, I want to be GM coach and owner next year. Yes, and he'll be able to own the Washington Commanders. The fleece god. Speaking of who's going to own the Washington Commanders. Hang on. Let me just have my little thought about the Colts. And then we can, <laughs> sure. This is our vegetables, and we can get to the dessert shortly. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say dessert, I mean the cyanide. <laughs> um, I think The only type of dessert. The only type of dessert. I think the approach with the Colts and with hiring Jeff Saturday is – they still think they can win that division or at least get into the playoffs. And what they're hoping is that Jeff Saturday can be a motivator and the, the assistant coach. This is my thought. I didn't say it was going to work. Um, they're hoping that Jeff Saturday can motivate this team to play better. But ultimately, it doesn't solve the problem that you have no fucking quarterback on your team and your number one running back has been hurt all year. And I, if they were smart, they would tank the rest of the season and hope, hope that they can draft a quarterback and be able to trade up and get into like the top three. They, they, um, (laughs) this is just insane to me because like at this point, if the season tanks, they should fire Chris Ballard. I don't care how good of a draft. They should fire him anyway. Honestly, mm-hmm. because like it, you're you're tying yourself because you're gonna have to hire a new head coach at the end of the season. So you're tying himself yourself to him. This is what the Giants did forever, which was fire the coach, keep the GM, fire the GM, keep the coach, mm-hmm. and it just it doesn't fucking work. You gotta you need to just clean break it. And like yeah, Chris Ballard is great, but he's obviously got a blind spot, and like he doesn't know how to scout a quarterback to save his fucking life. And that's like you can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. But ultimately, like, I, why Frank Reich? Like, fire a coordinator. They needed to explain it. And that's really what it is. Because I think they're also trying to pin what happened to them last year on him as well. Even though the guy who ran the offense is also gone in Carson Wentz. And honestly, it might have been like... I, this could be the greatest thing Frank Reich could have done. Because now... People know how good he is, and mm-hmm. this is not the same Colts team that he took over a couple of years ago. There might be an opening with a team with a lot more promise in the next couple of months that he can slot into. It's it's just wild because last year, man, this was a team that was on the cusp of a playoff spot. And no. they got fucked by Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's like, and and they de- dealt away their problem. Like their attitude, very much. You're right, Q. It's very much like how the Giants approach this problem. With you know, you you blame somebody and you get rid of them, and you just keep moving up the chain until you've you've exacerbated any possible combination or option that might have been the problem. I'd like to see. But, 
is there any way we can trade Zach Taylor off of the Bengals and let Frank Wright coach that team? <laughs> That'd be a great place for him to land, though. That would be a good place for him to go. Uh, Detroit probably be a good place for him to go. Now nah, we love Dan Campbell too much. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Uh, offensive coordinator for the Bears. Be interesting. Yeah. Um, Chargers. I will also say this too, and is I hate this. This pains me to say this. Whatever happens to the Cowboys this year, if they don't do well in the playoffs, Mike McCarthy's fired. Frank Reich. Boom. This was supposed to be one of those years for McCarthy too. They're they're but holding I, out for uh, Sean Payton. I I, just I think don't... Payton will be like Hong, or uh, Bill Cower and be like, nah, it's too much fun to just be on TV. McCarthy's <laughs> gonna write the ship this year. They're gonna get they're gonna get two wins in the playoffs. I think. I think the Cowboys are good enough to actually go go at least a round or two. I hate to say it, like it gives me no joy. So right now they'd be the first wild card team. So right as of right now, they would be facing. I'm guessing the Vikings and the Eagles would get a bye. They'd beat so the they'd, Vikings. They'd probably be facing either the Bucks or the Seahawks. They'd be the higher seed, so they'd probably be facing the Bucks. So, I think they could win yeah. the Euros. Yeah, they could sure. beat the Bucks. I, I think um, they beat all three of those teams, to be honest. That defense is fucking gnarly right now. I don't know, man. The Seahawks are fucking legit. I don't know if Geno Smith's got enough fucking mustard to beat a Cowboys defense that has just been fucking lights out. Yeah, but they got Kenny Walker and they got those two receivers and Metcalf and Lockett. I don't know, man. Kenny Gina- Walker, man, coming onto the scene like Monster. nobody's business. Shout out to uh, you, Mr. Q, because you're the one who told me to pick up Kenny Walker as backup to Rashad Penny. So, mad respects. Yep. I should have not told you that and taken him for myself, but you're welcome. Because, well, yeah, Rashad Penny, I mean, his time is limited. They well, took he, him in- blew, he blew up last year. He did really well last year, and, to, and both those guys were late picks for me. They so. took Kenny Walker in the second round, though. When you take a guy in the second round at running back, like, you're going to play him. You're going to play mm-hmm. him early. So, with Brees Hall, like, I mean, shame that he tore his ACL because he was having a great season. Really good year for running backs. But, like, this is also my argument, like, Tom, we were just mentioning, like, Saquon, like, this is why you don't give Saquon $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else make that mistake. Yeah. I want to go back to um, potential teams that Frank Reich could go to. These are just head coaching positions. Head um, coaching positions? Mm-hmm. And I want to play the game more likely, less likely with these. These your your one your response to one does not carry over to the other. Can I give you so, my best? Can I give you my best one? Of these five, okay. Chargers, Raiders, Cardinals, Broncos, Cowboys. So I don't, my one was not that one, but uh, Chargers, because you have a generational quarterback and who is not getting the attention he needs, and that offense has taken a huge step back. If Frank Wright can take Carson Wentz and ha- give him that MVP type season he was having, imagine we can do with Justin Herbert. He needs a quarterback. But I was going to say the Panthers. Thurs. 
they're gonna they're gonna walk in getting either Stroud or Bryce Young, one of those guys, and no better way to start your franchise back over with a guy who's an elite play caller. So yeah, but, I, but if you're going off yours, I would say the Chargers. I forgot about the Panthers because that's how forgettable they are. Yeah. Um. Interesting. I listening to what you said. I have thoughts, but Gatto, I want to get your take first. Um, I mean, of those teams, I mean, to switch it up, to make an argument, I would say the Raiders would probably be, um, the team I would, I would have said just for the sheer fact that it's, it seems like one of those issues they're having is purely a head coach doesn't know how to use its talent and there's plenty, there's an abundance of it there. So, um, it's purely competency. Yeah, at, at this point, like, why aren't you winning games? It's disorganized coaching that's causing that problem for yeah. that team. Because we saw this past week what actually can happen when Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are making it happen, right? So, dude, Josh McDaniels sucks at his job. Imagine dude, being that ge- that bad at your job or working with somebody who is so fucking bad at their job but they just keep showing up to work every day and no one says anything. Like how yeah. the fuck does he have so, a job? People just are shared, just afraid to, to say. <laughs> I just shared something in the discord guys. It is a photo of three different games. It is a score. Um, they're all they're in both in the two in the second wow. quarter and one in the third quarter. Wow. Las Vegas, 17 Jacksonville, nothing. Las Vegas, 17 chiefs, nothing. And Las Vegas yesterday, 20 beating Arizona zero. Oh no, that wasn't the other day. I'm sorry. That was was two weeks ago. Yeah. It was Jacksonville yesterday. Yeah. All three of those games lost. Insane. Uh Yeah. Just ass. Just absolute ass. Imagine being the Super Bowl Atlanta Falcons. They're they're making them look bad. Atlanta's like thanking them. Like, thank you for like, (laughs) Taking the pressure off of us, man, because like, man, like we were the ones that blow 20 games points middle of the third quarter lost. Dude, how do you fuck this up? I, I honestly didn't think he was going to be allowed back on the plane. No, they just they're like, no, no, you can't come back with us. So maybe he bakes really well or something. He's got to get fired before the end of the season, right? Oh, yeah. He'll be a week 15 fire. Problem is, who do you go to? You go to Frank Reich. It's it's all, but it's all, but the problem is it's all New England guys there. So this is this is the problem when you go all in. It can either yield amazing results so far, like the Giants. Obviously, you got Joe Shane and Dable, who are both from Buffalo. But like they build an infrastructure over there. Are you going to fire Ziegler too? I don't. I, I'm less like I am less concerned about the the. New England guys in the front office because I think they will fire McDaniels to save their own jobs. And they, he has been such a bad head coach for the Raiders that it's indefensible. So I I think that's not something to worry about. I don't think they're actively campaigning for McDaniels to hang on to his job. I think they're like anything that we can keep our jobs and we'll figure it out. He's like, as long as they don't hire fucking Matt Patricia or Joe Fudge. I was literally going to say, I was literally going to say, he's like, all right, who do you want to hire next? You heard of Joe Judge? <laughs> you know he'll get these guys into shape. You know this might be, um, 
Steve Belichick's time to shine. Please, Gerard no. Mayo. Gerard Mayo would be a serious no. guy that I would please no. Oh yeah, Gerard um, Mayo. Gerard Mayo would be the only guy on the Patriots staff right now that I'd be like, no, nah, okay. Who's the uh, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers right now? Oh, uh, it's the uh, D'Amico Ryans. Yes. Yeah. Love D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. Um, so, Gatto, you had Vegas. It's a good pick, by the way. Q, you had Chargers. Chargers, but I think Panthers are the overall best rebuilders. I just love saying that. The I, I think if Thurs. you want, yeah, I think if it's a CJ Stroud pick, it's going to be Carolina, but I think the Chargers solely because he's also been an assistant there in the past. So, yeah, he worked with Philip Rivers. He did a great job with Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. too. Now, also, let's consider, like, I'm very thankful to the Chargers. Just want to say, deep down, thank you so much to the Los Angeles Chargers because two years ago, they were looking for a head coach, and everybody was saying that the favorite to win the job was Brian Dable. Thankfully, they hired Brandon Staley, a defensive head coach, a defensive coordinator from the Rams, instead of a offensive play caller from Buffalo. It just, I don't understand the mindset when you have a generational quarterback. They say like, oh, it doesn't really matter with the head coach, right? Because you hire an offensive coordinator. But you, but like, look at the, how the Giants are situated right now. Right now, give give you give the, if the Giants had an elite quarterback right now, even if Mike Kafka decides to get a head coach job somewhere else and leaves, they still have Dable. The offense yeah. is not going to fall apart. We are playing in an offensive game now. It's not like the old days where you could have like a defensive head coach, unless your name is fucking Belichick. But even then, you're dealing with Joe Judge as a fucking head as an offensive coordinator. They fucked up. Brandon Staley is like this analytic nerd too, who like goes for fourth, goes it on fourth down in the weirdest spots. Did did they did they bring him in when they also like got the Bosa pick and all, was that all at the same time? No, Bosa was earlier. Bosa was like twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. So uh, Staley, I this is Staley's second year, I believe, with the Chargers. My timelines yeah. are all sorts of fucked. Um, no, no, they've been there for a while, but like they went all in this year and they got JC Jackson from the, the, the Patriots, that corner, another guy who leaves new England and all of a sudden forgets how to play football. He, uh, he was benched and then he tore his ACL. So they gave him like $80 million. Khalil Mack, who fucking sunned a guy yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. I did not know. Khalil Mack ripped the ball out of somebody's hands and started running with it. Pretty much just like is a fumble. It's considered a fumble, but it's like that's it was a takeaway with a capital T. He literally just walked up to him and like shoved him and like grabbed the ball out of his hand. That is mine now. Goodbye. Yeah. Like like he's now your dad. You better buy him a Father's Day gift. This is what porn addiction will get you. Strong forearms. Yeah, it was Drake London. So Drake London catches the ball. Uh. <laughs> he grabs it and he goes, that's mine. Fun. How long before the NFL broadcasts a game from Mars? Two years. I think ask so. Elon, ask at Elon Musk on Twitter. Right no, now. no, well, no, no. I mean, It's going to be a Jeff Bezos, the future 
Good All right, so, so now we're getting into it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, so, Tom, there's been some rumblings. Some recently. musings, if you will. Yes, that your beloved Washington commanders have apparently been on the market. There is a prospective buyer, Jeff Baldhead Bezos and, and Jay Z. What a what a pairing. JB and Jay Z. Well, yeah. I mean, if you hate labor laws, it's perfect for both. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> no pee breaks for any of his players. No. <clears throat> I will say though. And you can take this to the bank. They will definitely not be called the Washington commies under Jeff Bezos because there will be no workers' rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So what? What are your thoughts? I mean, you're talking to somebody who's only known Dan Snyder as the coach of the Washington Commandos. Is it better though? I like I look worse. in it's this case worse. the better the devil I don't know is significantly better than the devil that I know and I want to kill. This this is going to be the equivalent of like Russia seeing a Putinless fucking like regime. Yeah, this is the day after the Berlin Wall came down. We don't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> do we? I guess we we'll boil beef bread. <laughs> um. Look, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if there's any actually good NFL owners and like true hearted NFL owners out there. Um, all things being equal. I think the one thing that Jeff Bezos has been able to do is find people who are really good at things um, and he'll hire the right people. And ultimately, I, regardless of who it is, they really, really need to take a look at all of the people that are in positions of authority within the team and remove them. Like this needs to be a fresh fucking start all the way down to the office chairs and the staplers. Like everybody, you need to, tried, I, everybody tried to make Bruce Allen the problem. And I'm like, he is a problem, but he's not. the problem. I, I yeah. would actually say though, Ron Rivera doesn't go anywhere for at least two years. No, they need that. him for consistency purposes there for like, continuity. like a very bad man to everyone. If he didn't Ron Rivera will be our lone fucking survivor, like our designated survivor. He's the only one that they keep around. And he's the only one who is like, should not be there at the I, end. I would imagine that what would be going on behind the scenes is he would literally show up to games. He'd be paid to talk into a headset that wasn't plugged in. Please. <laughs> that Please. would be what would be going on because, well, this is actually why I wonder if Jeff Bezos, and this might be why Jay Z is also part of this. Um, I wonder if NFL owners will let Jeff Bezos become a co uh, uh, an owner just for the sheer fact that Jeff Bezos is someone who likes to win and maybe way more than the rest of the owners. And that's why I worry that they would be like, this guy is way too much of a business mind. He will know how to create efficiency in ways we will not. And they will be afraid that it will, it will fuck up the middling that keeps the NFL interesting. Yeah. Cause if you think about it though, how many of the owners in the NFL are actually like, Idiots with money. Idiots with money. It's a lot yeah. of them, except for like Mike Brown in the with the Bengals, who's just a cheap fuck the whole time. But, um, 
I I hear what you're saying there, but also at the same time, I think the NFL is going to look at a guy who can basically say, I can pay to build my own stadium. And the owners are going to see that too, because the way that it works is the owners have like with Stan Kroenke, the owners had to pay out of pocket, like $700 million to the city of St. Louis, who ended up suing Stan Kroenke because he left without like, uh, he breached the contract and picked the team up and left. And they fucking hate Stan Kroenke right now. And rightfully so, because he took money out of their pockets And I think what they're going to look at is Jeff Bezos is going to say, fuck it, I'll build my own stadium and I'll use my own money because that's the kind of person I am. And if he's not making the NFL spend its money and the owners spend their money, they're they're cool with it. And And ultimately, he could be a total fucking FUD, just like Jimmy Haslam is, too, where nothing changes when he becomes the owner. They just look at dollar signs. I mean, he he will definitely be concerned with making money everywhere he can. He wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't like a serious opportunity for him to make money. Like he doesn't waste his time else, like not making money. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I am. I think just being a, a fan of the Washington Commandos has kind of just sullied my aspirations of getting like the righteous owner. Like, nah, it's gonna be a billionaire with a lot of money to spend with nothing to do. And if it's going to be Bezos, that's fine. At least the games will be quick. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be powered by Prime. Yeah, they'll be powered by AWS and they'll be able to hack into everybody's networks and shit and steal all of their data. And you damn well know that the uh, the food and beverage people are not going to be unionized there. (laughs) The Washington piss bottle. I, uh, I actually heard something really weird the other day. I was listening to, well, yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, I was listening to the feed of the Cincinnati uh, game, and apparently, because I was at the gym and like I could watch the Jet game in front of me, and so I was like, all right, let me let me do something else. Okay. Um, so I put that on, and apparently. You can volunteer to work at the stadium for a charity. Oh, yeah. It's a common thing, too. That's a thing, huh? Yeah. You have to be affiliated with a charitable organization. But you're basically, like, giving your free time to make money for the Bengals? In the same way that people volunteer to work at the airport, too. like That's a thing, too? Yeah, that seems like a security risk. You would think, but you know, they're like what? free labor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these billionaire owners that are making truckloads of money, whether their teams are good or bad, are not willing to pay for the person to flip burgers. Instead, they want it to be volunteer based. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's so weird. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard, but it does not shock me at all. Not as big as my asshole of the week, though. Ooh. Ooh. Who is it? Um, actually, it is an entire is entire city of Fortune 500 companies. <laughs> Say more about that. <laughs> so, uh, a new law has gone into effect in New York City. Uh, essentially what the law was um, was that 
to help give more leverage to workers working in New York City, a good faith range for the salary must be posted with every job posting. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that is that companies, um, major companies, Fortune 500 companies, top industrial companies are really trying to play with this idea of what is a good faith range as a requirement. And so there are jobs now being posted in the New York City area that will show a range going from 50000 to $200,000. Sure. Um, the idea, the whole purpose, the point of this was to kind of give workers a upper hand in where their ranges were to know where to apply where their skills were would be used worth worthfully and they would get a decent wage for it companies have already figured out the best way to abuse this is to go in and give you this ridiculous ambiguous range that spans well beyond what a normal pay would be as well as well below so that you basically don't get this anyhow so, gotta just to clarify, what they're doing is they're they're offering like essentially not even a pay band, but they're just like though this is the least you can make, and this is the most you can make. So basically, they're saying, okay, we have a job. Let's say it's a manager at our bank branch here in New York City. Okay. Um, you know, if you qualify for this job you will be making something in the range of either $50,000 minimum. So you wouldn't get anything less than 50 up to a maximum of $200,000 or $300,000, whatever it is. So there's an entire gap of uncertainty there between the top of that being 200,000 and the bottom being 50. So the good thing is, you know, you won't get less than 50, but the bad thing is that they might think that the starting rate for that job is only 65 and you won't know where to come in and leverage your worth. Basically the whole idea was that it would kind of progress that whole, well, where is my worth? You know, how much do I earn at this job if I accept these these terms? Because a lot of times companies are ambiguous about this. They always force you to give them, you know, your 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 I you know, what you want to get paid first, and then they counter with it, right? Few fewer transparent enough to actually tell you, you know, we're giving you this or we're starting you here, you know? So essentially like they're they've tried to regain that power and that bargaining chip by making it so that it's such a wide vasting range um that you know there's there's some that are up to two million dollars i'm i'm like looking at some some of the some of the stuff on here now um you know so the whole you know the whole idea was that you were supposed to be able to advertise a job to get the right person to fit it. But you're again, trying to get people that are overqualified to probably take a reduced pay for a lower level job in the end. (laughs) It's just shitty. It's another shitty thing that businesses are doing. Like 
knowing that this was supposed to help people, you know? Yeah, and I I'm I continue to be frustrated about like how pay structures are shared in job descriptions. And I used to work in an industry within higher education, which was probably one of the biggest offenders where they would intentionally not tell you what the job description was or what the, the pay band was or even what the pay would have been. And you go through and hiring in higher education takes a lot longer for one of my jobs. It took me four months to be hired. Um, only to find out like, Hey, this is the salary and there is no means of negotiating. And mm -hmm. this is what it is. And I mean, I understand why it's done, but it puts a really weird, it creates a strange dynamic between like the worker and the company itself. The company is intentionally being deceitful. It, it almost instantly you've already established what this culture is in their mind in that mm -hmm. mind, for sure. Yeah. that and, and that's, it's like deliberately leading you on, you know, this, this advanced, like trying to get to the point where you're like, Oh, it's like one more interview away type attitude. Um, you know, where you've kind of now really started to believe or, or plan that you're going to become, you know, part of this company and then they're going to pull out the, the rug from under you with this move, you know? We're, we're a family here. Oh, boy. That's a big red flag. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a way – it's just a shitty way to start, you know, a literal, like, relationship, you know? It's forcing me to, like, come up with a number that if I go too high on, you're not going to be interested in me anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Citigroup listed several jobs with a range of zero to two million dollars. I'll take the two million. Thank you. I mean, if this is multiple choice, you can pick what you want. I would like that one. I mean, and, and what this ends up doing, too, is actually, I mean, it might work in a, a certain way is if if now on the top of your resume, you say we'll accept nothing less than, you know, one point five million dollars. Like, I, don't, I don't think you're going to get many calls. <laughs> yeah, but you know, now you've you've essentially made forced them in their hands to now go back and you know, or they just ignore your resume completely. Well, that's what they'll probably do. But at least you've now made their life a little bit more annoying that they had to go through your resume in the first place. Um, thank you for sharing that. I will go next. My asshole of the week is. Paired with a hero of the week. So my asshole of the week is Ted Cruz for showing up for the Houston Astros parade on a float, being booed by everybody there. But my hero of the week is, is I don't even know if it's a, a young person or an old person, strong person or a weak person, but I do know that person has a big heart and they proceeded to throw a beer can at Ted Cruz. <laughs> I hope it was full. I hope it was full too. So Ted Cruz, you're my asshole of the week just because, you know, cause um, for reasons already stated, but my hero of the week is the individual who threw the beer can at him. I'm pretty sure it was full. I don't think they would have been able to throw it with such force if it wasn't. Well, praise them then. Mm. Praise Bieber person. I, the Lord gave them strength. <laughs> um, my asshole is LeBron James. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
LeBron, bro? So LeBron James has apparently a history of lying and in the weirdest things he lies about. So most recently like who ate the last like cookie? Or... Well, no, for example, <laughs> he he's often seen with books. And the he'll have the same book for weeks and it looks like he's holding the same page. So it's like very kind of odd behavior. There's a video of him. Uh, he, he talks about The Godfather. It's his favorite movie. And a interviewer asked him, oh, what is the reason you like Godfather 2 better than Godfather? Oh, what's your favorite line? And he does the thing where you've never seen the movie and you're like, so many lines. Uh, you know, it's hard to pick just one. And uh, he, he like he's clearly lying. But most recently, I don't know if you guys have heard uh, the band... Uh, rap band Migos, mm-hmm. um, one of the members' takeoff was uh, murdered at a dice game, and LeBron James was talking about it and instantly starts talking about how he was the he was the one who put everybody on Migos back in the day, Ooh. and he said, "Oh, I remember my first." And he gets specific, which is the problem. He says, "My first year in Miami in 2011, I was playing Migos mixtapes." And everyone was yelling at me to turn turn it off, turn it off. And he's like, I told I put everyone on Migos. Oh no. Migos didn't put their first mixtape out until 2012. Yeah. So it's just funny. Um why is this something you would lie about though? It's be- I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <sighs> That's actually more- really concerning. And it's weird because it's weird shit to lie about too, because it's such anecdotal stuff. It's not like you know, I saved a bunch of kids from a fire. It's like I knew Migos. Like it's just weird stuff it's to lie about. Very like early Kanye losing his mind esque to me. Like, I it, did he seem like he believed his own lie? I don't. I I don't know. It seemed like the Godfather thing is funny because it seems like he got caught in a lie, and he's just like. I get though that sometimes, like, why are you even answering these fucking questions? Like, why does it was it was it was it was not it was not an American reporter. I think it was an Italian reporter. Makes I don't know I don't know the context of the video. (laughs) I don't know the context of the video, but he goes, "What is your favorite part of the movie?" And he goes, "So many, so many scenes, and uh, so many parts, so many lines." And you know, he's like, "Every movie," and then he says, "Every movie is like every each every Godfather movie is like six hours long, so it's hard." And I'm like, "Well, then it would be easy then." Because there'd be like so many different lines in such a, it's not like a 10 hour, 10 minute short. Plus, it's if it's I mean, your I can't favorite movie, you would know it. And if it's your favorite movie, you'd be like, it was always you, Fredo. You know, it would be, make them an offer they can't refuse. Yeah. Look, the, the moment where Michael gets, you know, shot at in his house and he barely escapes death. It probably, Leave the gun, take the cannolis. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. He probably can't remember any lines for any movies after he made Space Jam and had to remember <laughs> all those lines. Yeah, he had to say the word, the name Dom a million times. Dom! Dom! Can I ask a question, though? How? Where does this live on the pantheon of, like, inflating your own importance? That's, well, the books, that's what the books are to me. Is like he's trying to be like I'm an intellectual, and they're like, "What's the book about?" And he goes, "I don't know." To to his defense, yeah, I just started reading it. Why is your yeah. hand in like the middle of the book? Then to his defense, <laughs> when you have hundreds of millions of eyes on you constantly, um, I would imagine like, you know, if everyone thinks that all you are 
is an unintelligent fucking athlete, it would make a lot of sense why you would want to at least try to appear to have more self-worth in other places and other areas. Fair, and, fair enough. Then do know, it. I then get do it. it then. <laughs> Watch the God, Godfather 2. Like he, so he makes the statement that Godfather 2 is better than Godfather. By the way, factual. But like he can't name a single part. Like Vito goes back to Sicily and kills, you know, the 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 Dom there. Like that's like the one of the best moments ever. He fucking whispers Vito Andalini and then fucking guts him. It's an amazing scene. Like everyone knows that part, but like it seems like he's never seen it before. And like he <laughs> just <laughs> it's just so funny to me because it's just it's just a weird thing to lie about. I don't know. Well, the other I, and I don't mean to make our entire show about Donald Trump, but it reminds me very much of the time where Donald Trump was saying it's your favorite part of the Bible. Well, <laughs> well, not just Old that Testament, part. New Testament, it's two all great. Corinthians. If love it's it. a testament of any sort, I really what's love your, it. What's your favorite part? Work. It's very private. Don't ask me that. It's very private. Don't ask. Well, it. When, you shouldn't ask that. When he, <laughs> um, it's like my taxes. When he said the, that. Yeah. When he had the casino in um, Atlantic City and his two other business partners died in that helicopter crash. Very he, Hillary, Hillary Rodden Clinton conspiracy-esque. He was, um, <laughs> he was like distraught about it. But after a while, he started to talk more about how they wanted him to go in the helicopter with him. But he said he had work that day in the city. So he flipped the story of his two business partners dying in a helicopter crash to how he almost died in the helicopter crash. And it's like, why are you talking about this? Or why are you bragging about this? Probably because he paid people to kill his business partners. Well, it didn't do any good because he lost a shit ton of money doing it. I'm so, so smart. I knew that the plane was going to go down. But if, anybody, if anybody's never seen the interviewer asking Donald Trump his favorite part of the Bible, please watch it. It's incredible. It's pretty funny. Because he they, he goes, what's your favorite part of the Bible? What's your favorite expert? He goes, it's very private. I'm not going to answer that. It's very private. It's probably the fucking copyright. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they're like, what do you, what do you like? Old Testament, New Testament? Both. They're, they're both great. Real big fan of that King James. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, like, you not really like the Old Testament. It's it's very not both. Uncle Donnie. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll wrap around. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, for my pick, uh, I've only watched the first episode so far, but uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Mm. Very interesting. Um, I'm not the biggest Guillermo del Toro fan. Like, I like um, a couple of his movies, but like a lot of the movies I've seen are kind of eh for me. Uh, so I was actually kind of surprised that I liked it. Um, but the first episode is very interesting, so I'm excited to see where it goes. It's kind of like seems like it's like you know more of like an anthology you know each episode is kind of its own story mm-hmm. um first one was really well done so I'm, and i'm excited to see where it goes from here yeah i mean it came out for christmas uh christmas <laughs> yeah you see where mine my, my my mind is beginning to uh, look a lot like christmas hey man once once the halloween fucking decorations come down it's it's time to get the lights up right oh god don't get me started um I, I've I've watched through it and uh, I really like it's um, a curated you know list of of basically 
short episodes, well, not short, but like episodes that are an anthology series, all done by different directors with different actors. Um, and there's some guidance and it's, there's some really great direction that goes on um, throughout the series. Uh, I think, so Guillermo del Toro has uh, one of the episodes he actually ended up directing. Um, and I love, I really love the style of direction, the the photography of it, which is not something I'm like always looking out for in movies. I will notice it, but like it had this um, very much this like early 80s kind of like dark, heavy art deco thing about it that was like really fucking cool. And I uh, there, there was just this kind of like pasty haziness to it that felt very analog that I was really enjoying. Um, and some of some of the stories are really creative. There are a couple that you know are eh, but um, I think it's, it's worth like, the watch. Like Black Mirror, essentially, kind of. V- very much. That's a good yeah. good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never been like a big fan of his stuff. His stuff is more fantasy than horror a lot of times, mm-hmm. and like that's where I kind of get lost. It's a little too like mythical, and like I'd rather just more pure like terror, violence. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is horrifying because yeah, it's just weird. Like the the again, he's a he's an image based kind of guy. So I like liked Hellboy. Yeah, it's fun. I thought Hellboy was fun. Uh, Devil's Backbone, Kronos, you know those movies. But like, you know, like the what was the movie Mama that he came out with a couple years ago was like I don't know what this is. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones, but. I heard Monster Alley is good, but like I just like not a big fan. I, he's talented, but like I can acknowledge that he's got talent, but I'm just not a big fan. So, but uh, yeah, I'm nice. excited to see where it goes. So, um, my pick of the week is gonna be um, I watched it last night. It's called Worth. Um, so starring Michael Keaton, um, and Stanley Tucci. It talks about Ken Feinberg, who Ken Feinberg, who was the special master who oversaw the 9-11, um, 9-11 victims fund, where it was the total payouts for the people that died in the 9-11 um, terror attack. Really interesting movie. And it was interesting in the sense that it's one of those very rare movies where there's not like a villain in it. And it's just a telling of a story that you would not have really known about. And ultimately it talks about like how the federal government tried to disperse like death um, money to families of people who had died in nine 11 and how they had to manage that, but also how they were, were, trying to determine like what is a life worth and they were trying to think like well we can't do standard payouts because we have people who were janitors and cfos that died in the world trade center attacks and ultimately like their cost of living was just so much higher so they don't really get into the nitty-gritty of like how much one person got but they talk a lot about like how their how ken feinberg's approach shifted towards the end to be going from like very analytical trying to use stretch spreadsheet and a rubric to determine a payout to like understanding each one of the survivors and the family members and it was it was a good story it was it was a nice movie to watch even though the 
the subject matter was pretty sad, but Super it was yeah. it it was it's nice to see Michael Keaton in a movie. Um, I know that he started to started to get back into being in films. He was that gone for a while, but also him and Stanley Tucci work really well on screen together. And um, Tucci gang, yeah, uh, is it Allie Ryan? Um, Amy she, Ryan. Amy Ryan is in it as well. But all the same, like again, gone girl. It um. And and she was, girl. Uh, uh, what was that? What was the movie that Ben Affleck did with her? Um, mm. Where the, the, the child's like kidnapped. Ooh, I don't remember. Um, but she was um, Michael Scott's girlfriend in the office. She so. was, yeah. <laughs> Holly Flex. Gone, yeah. Baby, gone Baby Gone. That's gone. what it was. Gone Baby gone. Gone. That was great. But, but all the same, like. Again, a weird movie, almost like the the film Sully, if you remember that with Tom Hanks. Like, it's there's no villain in it. And it's more procedural. Like, yeah. It's like just like it's it's just a telling. It's not a like it's not a hero redemption story. It's more of just like a. This is how it happened. Yeah. This and is it, how it went down. And and the the law firm that um, he works for, they they do a lot of work with like um, crisis events. Um, shootings and things like that it was good i would argue though that the u.s government is kind of the villain of that movie (laughs) the bush administration at large yeah yes (laughs) yeah specifically just um because it took me a second to like remember back to that movie and it was like how they were pushing like we need someone to basically be the fall guy that looks like shit for this and like how they wanted to make it just like, you know, as cut and dry and as they didn't want to, they, they wanted to pull the human end of it out completely. And that was what the story was about was how such a cold thing could be attached to like a human self-worth. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, a, you're right. It's, it's an excellent movie, man. Thanks for reminding me about that movie actually. Yeah, I mean, I had seen it in my queue for a while, but I was just like, you know, a 9-11 movie, I'm just, I don't really want to watch that, but... Gotta be in the right headspace, for sure. Yeah, but I think just seeing Michael Keaton in it, I was always, like, in the back of my mind, and then some of the other um, performers in it, I was like, you know what, fuck it, let's give it a whirl. And it, I mean, I stayed up past my bedtime to watch it. And and it's a it's a smart movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, it's, you feel like Michael Keaton's not gonna be, you feel like Michael Keaton's not gonna be in a bad movie. No, like, no. There's no way he's going to be in a bad movie. It might I, not be great, but it's not going to be bad. I mm-hmm. I will argue anything with like that type of subject matter. You have to come with it or don't do it at all because you fuck that up. You're going to get like criticism on a different level of criticism. You know? Yeah, I would agree with that in the sense that it. Tire the, stakes. Well, the World Trade Center movie with Nicolas Cage, it felt very much like too theatrical and too over the top, but this felt very much like a movie that you can get into and you don't feel like you're being taken advantage of. Um, I, I just think it, it landed well for me. It's good art because it, you know, it's going to definitely pull at your heartstrings. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to make you feel some shit. I felt pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm just gonna go in a total different direction of just stupid and goofy i think this is two weeks in a row i am 
making my pick something with Michael Imperoli in it, but um, definitely worth it. Uh, I watched it was it was pretty short. I think I binged it all in like a day or so. Uh, there's a Netflix series called This Fool that just came out. Uh, not Netflix. I'm sorry. Uh, Is it Hulu? Hulu. Hulu. This Fool. Um, and it's about a. It follows uh, two cousins. Uh, one just got released from jail, um, and they uh, both are. Uh, well, the one cousin works at a nonprofit that helps rehabilitate. Um, rehabilitates. The... No fucking way. Uh... No fucking way. Is that real? It's Jeff Passan. Let's got let's have Gatto finish and then we can get breaking news in. Yeah, so um it's a Monday. Why wouldn't we have breaking news? Um basically uh follows through a rehabil like a rehabilitation um type of uh nonprofit that gets ex cons back on their feet and part of like society again. And uh it's pretty funny. It's um it's got some dark dark humor in it. Um it's very much uh cutting kind of uh insulting humor too so uh i found it it was it was fun you know what i mean it's not something you have to put a lot of like brain it's power a light it's watching. a light show yeah and and for that reason and there's there's a couple there's a couple episodes that really shine like most of them are all right but like there's a few that really fucking shine um so it's it's definitely worth a sh- worth a worth a watch and um, definitely give you a couple laughs along the way. Awesome. So uh, yeah, let's get to this breaking news because Tom, you got Tom, you got fucking mind. Tom, you you got fucking hosed, bro. What do you mean? Where, it's from where, Jeff Passan. Where did you get that from? Twitter. I I'm looking at Jeff Passan's Twitter account and I'm not seeing it. Jesus. You want to know how fucked up Twitter is right now? What is it? What is that? Jeff Passan parody account. Follow my main Bronx Bombers page. Is he Dude. verified? <laughs> is it verified? It looks like it was. It's a. Oh, hey, look at that. Prime example. Is it a real verification um, symbol, though? It is. No, it's not. It's something else. Oh, I'll the just... at. Is the I'll at screenshot different? it and send it to you. So oh, we just awesome. got fucking duped big time by Damn it, Tom. Did you do that deliberately, Tom? No, oh, I didn't. I you, swear. Are you the Jeff Passan parody account? I knew. So for, for context, for anybody who fucking doesn't oh, know what nobody about, is going to know. <laughs> Jeff. Pa- oh, so no a. So somebody changed somebody. Yeah. It, that, Tom, that's not the verified symbol. Well, no shit. Now I know that. So it was somebody imitating Jeff Pass and said that Shania Tani is getting traded to the Yankees, which I had to know was bullshit anyway, because they literally said today that they're not trading them. So fuck. We're playing games with my heart, Tom. I did not mean to do that. Mind. I did not mean to do that. But I think that's the problem though. Like I looked at it really, really quick and said, holy shit. And I shared it with you. My bad, but also LOL. This is how the election gets this is, rigged. This is my fucker joke, my Joker origin story, Tom. All right. Your your young Joker origin story. <laughs> <laughs> you 
I for a brief second thought the Yankees got Shanae Otani, and I was like, going to start. If they got Shohei, right would Aaron Judge come back? Yeah. But Aaron Boone. Why wouldn't he? There. But Aaron Boone would still be there. Yeah, but I don't. I think Judge is the type of guy that is like, yeah, he's the he's the manager, no big deal. And it's like I don't think he cares. Yeah. Really. What yeah. What does His, a manager actually do? Like, they read off of a card and it says, "In this situation, winning percentage is this when you do this," and that's what they do. Yeah, that's what yeah. you do when you're whether you're Yankees manager. That's what you do. You get a yeah. giant fucking like starter binder, and it says, "If then." In you have some. Situation. You have some nerd fucking sitting there going, "Sir, sir, uh, if you if you change the pitcher now, there's a seventy percent success rate that it's going to work." And it's like, okay. Two home runs. <laughs> um, you son of a bitch. I, uh, it's my Joker origin story. <laughs> uh, and they structured the tweet perfectly, too. It's exactly how it would be. Like, source familiar with the deal of the ESPN, you know, like, like that's exactly how it would be structured, too. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that'll be that. That'll do it for us. On so follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to all of your favorite shows have passed on your favorite streaming platform like Amazon or Apple Play or Google Play. Apple Play. Apple Play. Apple Pay. Apple Pay us so we can put it on our new app, Apple Play. Guys, we're performing with Jeff Bezos and everybody. It's going to be Apple Play. Brought to you by AWS. But yeah, follow the show. Tell your friends. Do your thing. We'll see you next week. We need more money now. Uh, we're going to need at least $8 more per month. So yeah, please contribute somehow. For sure. Peace. Deuces. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me Then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! <laughs> Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>